talking about the, the ongoing issue. Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to our county commission meeting. Today is February 26th, and um, first thing is ask everybody to rise for a pledge of allegiance. And the person that's going to lead us in a pledge is probably the person, the only person to county commission meetings year after year just doesn't ever say a word. It's incredible. Jeannie, you're going to lead us in our pledge of allegiance. Please remain standing, I'm sorry. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable persons from our community who've recently passed. And I'll ask my colleagues if they want to recognize somebody and start with uh, Commissioner, Commissioner Geller. I think most of us are familiar with uh, Mike Moskowitz, who has been a friend to many of us over the years. Um, his mother passed away over the weekend uh, Helen, uh, I was at the Shrevel last night, and they will be sitting through Wednesday. So if anyone wanted to go by and, and pay their respects. Commissioner Fisher. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Just uh, a couple here. Um, on February 5th, the passing of Hib Castleberry, which is really Mr. Florida Lighthouse, and past President Lighthouse uh, Preservation Society for Hillsboro. He did reside in John Knox Village and Poplar Beach, and him and his wife, Martha, were so instrumental in preserving the Hillsborough Lighthouse and worked diligently to raise funds to preserve such as the lens uh, for the lighthouse. So I'd like to remember him. And also, Elizabeth Peaches uh, Johnson Harper passed away earlier this month, and she was a longtime resident of Deerfield Beach and a 38-year employee of the city of Deerfield Beach, and she served as their transportation manager at the Northeast Focal Point and now the Department of Active Aging. She worked closely with Broward County's paratransit and the community bus system, and she always had a smile and lent and helping a hand. Her motto was, leave the driving to us. She will be sorely missed to many in Deerfield Beach. Thank you, Mayor. Commissioner Sharif. Just wanted to add um, that um, Mike Moskowitz's mother, Helen, was 95 years old. She led a very good life. Yesterday I attended uh, the service in the morning, and um, Mike did a fantastic job of representing his family and his mother, and she truly was um, a pillar in their family. Um, we were so lucky to have Mike in our community now um, contributing to um, community um, issues like our surtax and also working hard in the Democratic Party. And he's always been there for us, and we should be there for him in his time of need. And so uh, if anybody could stop by um, all this week at his house, uh, I told him to extend it to Friday. And he does what I tell him to do. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, I think that um, if you could just go by and just let him know that we're there for him and praying for him and his family. Thank you. I'd also like to acknowledge the uh, passing of Herb Saslow. Uh, I've known Herb for many years. He uh, was president of one of his Century Village buildings in Deerfield Beach. He helped seniors every year in different capacities. Uh, he was president of the Democratic Club at Deerfield Beach and asked that you keep your thoughts and prayers for Herb Saslow. And also let us honor all the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. I'd like to pause for a moment of silence.
Thank you. Please take your seats. Today's live music was selected by Commissioner Gallard. I'm going to turn to Commissioner Gallard to introduce our musicians and their next song. Take thank, it away. You, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to thank and ask them to um, please come to the please ask them to come to the front for one more song. I'd like to thank today's amazing performers: Lorene Oliveira, co-president and musical director; Beatrice Maunick, co-president and musical director; Vivian Neves, the treasurer. Daniela Prioli Carvalho, Isabel Escotegui, uh, Marianne, I'm sorry, Mar Marinade Arujo, Silvana Bars M. Flores, and Maurice Casas. These are all members of Brazilian Voices. You were phenomenal. We were all listening in the back as you were performing earlier. Brazilian Voices is a recipient of the Broward County Cultural Investment Grant Program. They're a nonprofit female vocal group of 34 women who sing Brazilian and international music for concerts, hospitals, chemotherapy infusion units, and nursing homes, among others, in Broward. Broward County Board of County Commissioners proclaimed September 15, 2016 as Brazilian Voices Day because of their positive contribution to the community. My prior music choices, Florida Singing Sons Boys Choir, Symphony of the America, Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus, Florida Grand Opera, and Seraphic Fire were also all recipients of the same grant. We hope to feature others in the future. Again, uh, I picked uh, Brazilian Voices today, important to recognize the cultural diversity in Broward. I'd like to thank Leslie Fordham, I saw her somewhere. Uh, the acting director of the county's cultural division and her assistant Rowena Nocum for helping to coordinate today's performance and we will be treated to one more song by Brazilian Voices. Thank you so much.
Before you go, if you come back, I think we should take a picture with the commission. Okay, great. Okay, um, we, have th we have three proclamations today, and uh, the first has to do with, um, uh, I'm going to be presenting a proclamation to our distinguished state attorney, Mike Satz. Uh, nearly 30 years ago, I had the distinct pleasure of working for Mr. Satz for a short time as a prosecutor, and now I have the distinct honor of giving him proclamation. Mike, would you come on up? Michael J. Satz, a native of Pennsylvania's graduate of Temple University and the University of Miami School of Law. Upon graduation from law school, Mr. Satz became prosecutor here in Broward County. Mr. Satz was then elected state attorney in 1976 and has been re-elected every four years serving Broward County for over 40 years. Whereas Mr. Satz continues to regularly handle the prosecution of capital homicide cases and other serious crimes, while overseeing a staff of 511, including 215 assistant state attorneys. Whereas the state attorney, Mr. Satz, has responded to Broward's diverse crime problems by instituting and expanding specialized prosecution units that focus on cases such as sexual battery, child abuse, domestic violence, public corruption, and organized crime. And whereas Mr. Satz, recognizing the needs of victims of crime, instituted a victim advocate unit to provide counseling and assistance to victims. For his efforts, he received the 2004 President's Award by the Broward Victims' Rights Coalition. And whereas Mr. Satz's concern for issues and institutions that affect the people of Broward led him to initiate grand jury investigations into pain clinic 
Pill Mills, Broward County, Pill Mills, Broward County School Construction, Youth Gang Organizations, Foster Care, Organized Crime, the Broward Regional Juvenile Detention Center, Mental Health Services, and Child Abuse Protections. And whereas Mr. Satz sponsored the Broward County Elder Abuse and Exploitation Seminar in 1995 and organized Broward County's first Foster Care Summit in 1999. Whereas several awards have been given to Mr. Satz, which include the Lifetime Achievement Award of the B'nai B'rith Justice Unit, Broward Victims Rights Coalition, the Justice Leadership Award, Profile and Leadership Award, and Elected Official of the Year Award. And whereas Mr. Satz has been recognized by the Broward County Hispanic Bar Association, the Anti-Defamation League, and the Sexual Assault Treatment Center of Broward County, which he helped create. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the board hereby designates Tuesday, February 26th, today, as Michael J. Satz Appreciation Day here in Broward County. Thank you, Michael. I know you have a busy schedule, so I just uh, want to thank uh, Mayor Bogan and Vice Mayor Holness and the Board of County Commissioners uh, for this uh, recognition. I, I really appreciate it, especially from a group of people uh, that work so hard to make uh, our community better. And you certainly, this Board of County Commissioners, certainly enhance the lives of all the members of this community. So thank you very much for this honor and for all you do. Thank you. Quick picture up here. Okay, Commissioner Ridge, I'd like to invite Susan, is it Niamora? Niamora, thank you. CEO of South Florida Wellness Network, be, come on down and be presented with a proclamation. She always deserves applause. <laughs> yes. Um, we try to, to do this to remind people of some serious issues, health issues in our community, um, and uh, this proclamation has to do with eating disorders. Uh, I want to mention uh, Susan is the CEO of South Florida Wellness Network, and she's also on the board of the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition, and is involved in probably every aspect of trying to improve health conditions for people in our community. So thank you, Susan. And she's joined today with, by Shomari Bell, a youth peer, Tyler Lester, a youth peer, Gretchen Rivera, pro, uh, Family Programs Supervisor, Sandra Reyes, Recovery Navigator, Imuna Susan, Wellness Coach, 
Nicole Morin, wellness coach, Josh Calarino, training coordinator, Letty Guzman, recovery navigator, and Kayla Calafiori. So thank you all for joining us today as well. Whereas eating disorders affect 30 million individuals in the United States during their lifetimes, with more than 600,000 individuals in the state of Florida alone, and whereas eating disorders, including the specific disorders of anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, and other specified feeding and eating disorders are complex biologically based illnesses. And whereas eating disorders are associated with serious physical health consequences, including irregular heartbeats, heart disease and heart failure, kidney failure, osteoporosis, gastric rupture, tooth decay, obesity, gallbladder disease, diabetes, and death. And whereas at least once every 62 minutes someone dies due to their struggle with an eating disorder, while anorexia nervosa has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. And whereas eating disorders know no boundaries with respect to gender, age, race, ethnicity, body shape and weight, sexual orientation, or socioeconomic status, and whereas eating disorders have a high prevalence amongst active military service members and veterans, and whereas with early detection and intervention, full recovery from an eating disorder is possible, and whereas South Florida Wellness Network, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, is a consumer organization in Broward County dedicated to providing programs and activities aimed at outreach, education, advocacy, and awareness to eating disorders and all other behavioral health challenges. And whereas the board recognizes Eating Disorders Week and the impact that they have on individuals and families, now therefore be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the board hereby designates the week of February 25th to March 3rd as Eating Disorders Awareness Week in Broward County and encourages all of our residents to recognize the severity of eating disorders. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Rich um, and Board of County Commissioners. I cannot thank you all enough for uh, indulging us again, and we will continue to keep coming back as we know that our community has a lot of people that are in pain. And from eating disorders to uh, the multiple disorders that our community faces, I encourage you to uh, listen to us to become more aware of what our community is suffering with. Eating disorders is not one of the mental illnesses that is treated very well in our community because it is very unaffordable for individuals that we serve that are um, getting services for indigent services. It's $750 um, for three hours of IOP. So I encourage you that if you have an opportunity to please stand with us to battle this disease because many of us are out there suffering, including our children, especially in middle school. It's just something that's not talked about and we need to have an access of care to individuals that are suffering in silence. So thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner.
whoever you're calling down, we want to call down. Our last proclamation will be from, from Commissioner Furr. Uh, Josie Bacalau and the board would join me. That'd be great. Uh, this is really an honor of you. This is your 15th year, so we're, we're kind of giving you uh, a little honor on this one. Uh, everybody knows Josie, but she's a, cl a classic example of the expression, great things come in small packages. <laughs> uh, she's a woman who uh, is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to contributing to the betterment of our community. And under Josie's leadership, the services offered by Hispanic Unity have certainly supported successful transitions uh, for thousands of Broward County residents whose origins are in Latin America. But what, may, what many don't realize is that Hispanic Unity of Florida is just as often providing support for our residents who come here from a number of Caribbean nations, Eastern European nations, and among others, not to mention the services that serve our, uh, our residents at large, like free tax preparation and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've had the great pleasure of being a guest speaker at, at uh, many of the uh, citizenship classes. And I've been inspired by the hope that these new Americans bring with them and by the way that Hispanic unity nurses that hope and prepares them to pr participate fully in, the American, in America's democracy and to participate fully in making Broward County the best it can be. So today, uh, to show the Commission's appreciation for the work that Josie Bacchiao is doing at Hispanic Unity, I'm happy to bring forth this proclamation for the first time in the Commission's history, written both in English and in Spanish. Um, I'm going to give you the one in Spanish because I am not going to read that one. I'm going to do everybody a favor and not read that one. Um, but we should, show, we should show that one. Um, whereas Josie Bacchiao, Bacchiao arrived in the United States from Cuba at, the age, at age three, settled in South Florida, and after attending various primary educational institutions, graduated from FIU in 1985 and began a career of compassionate creative service with a mission to empower immigrants and others to become self-sufficient, productive, and civically engaged. And whereas from 1995 to 1999, Josie was vice president of marketing services for the Miami Herald Publishing Company, where she was responsible for product and new business development. And from 1999 to 2003, she was marketing director for the Sun Sentinel Company, functioning in consumer marketing, creative services, and community affairs. And whereas in January of 2004, Josie began and continues her illustrious and dedicated service as president and CEO of Hispanic Unity of Florida, a nonprofit organization founded 37 years ago by community leaders to ease the acculturation transition for newcomers from other nations, and today gives assistance through 12 programs and over 30 services in four languages to South Florida's diverse community. And whereas Josie helped grow the organization to serve over 18,000 clients a year, with an excess of 50 partners and a $6 million budget, meeting the evolving needs of the community, including pro bono immigration clinics, free tax preparation, small business education, and advocacy. And whereas Josie has been honored with the silver medallion from NCCJ, named to the Broward County Women's Hall of Fame, and received the United Way of Broward County's Human Services Professional Award, and most recently, Legal Aid and Service of Broward County bestowed the Russell E. Carlisle Advocacy Award for her work in creating pro bono immigration clinics, 
And whereas Josie also received one of the most meaningful awards in her career, namely the Jim Moran Foundation Award for her work in leading a nonprofit organization, Hispanic Unity of Florida. And in 2015, the Honorable Mario Diaz-Ballard recognized Josie and her contributions during Women's History Month. And his comments were added to the March 26, 2015 congressional record. And whereas Josie is a, member, a board member of CareerSource, Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, Advisory Board of Regents Bank, CDC and BBNT, past chair of the board of the Broward Public Library Foundation, and vice chair of the Holy Cross Hospital. Hospital. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, February 26, 2019, as Josie Bacalao Appreciation Day in Broward County, Florida. And I'm going to invite, I'm going to invite uh, uh, Chuck Tattlebaum to say a few words, and then Josie, we'd love to hear from you as well. Thank you. <clears throat> Mr. Mayor, Mr. Vice Mayor, ladies and gentlemen of the commission, I'm Chuck Tattlebaum, a director at the Tripp Scott Law Firm, but also very proud to be the board chair of Hispanic Unity of Florida, which we affectionately call Huff. It's very interesting that 37 years ago this week, Huff was founded by a group of visionaries who used their first donation in the amount of $60 in order to incorporate the agency. And while Huff grew and prospered in, uh, until 15 years ago, once Josie took the helm, her dynamic abilities and forward vision have helped this organization grow. So as you heard from Commissioner Furr, our budget is now in excess of $6 million a year and we benefit thousands of members of our community seeking to achieve the American dream. Very importantly, if you look at the Form 990 that's filed for every not-for-profit, our dollars percentage that go to benefits are one of the highest you will ever see because virtually every dollar that's donated goes to benefits for the community. All of us who've had the pleasure to be affiliated with Huff recognize that the growth and success of the organization would not have so dynamically occurred without the leadership of Josie over the last 15 years. Although, as you can see, small in physical stature, her heart, energy, and passion are anything but that. It is said that if Josie ever had to donate blood, it would come out equally red and blue, which are Huff's colors, because Josie lives, breathes, and bleeds for Huff. In Broward County, we are blessed with many leaders in the not-for-profit community, but I can tell you from my volunteer efforts, Josie stands at the very top of the list. On behalf of the officers and board of directors of Huff, we really thank you and Commissioner Furr for extending this well-deserved honor. I promise not to bleed. Commissioner Furr, thank you. Mayor Bogan, Vice Mayor Holness, County Commissioners, thank you so much. Want, for those who know me, know how difficult it is for me to stand here and listen to all of this because it is about Huff. And Huff would not exist were it not for Broward County. Broward County and your forward thinking commissioners back in 1985 provided Huff with its very first grant, a grant to support and help refugees, people seeking freedom and opportunity in this country, to
to seek their American dream. And for that, we will be forever grateful to Broward County. And we're also grateful that you're part of our future. Your partners now with us in the Center of Working Families to help people get money, grow it, and become self-sufficient. Thank you from the bottom of our heart for your partnership and for what each and every one of you does every single day. As I look around, I know how many different social service and human services issues are important to you and how much you work on behalf of our county. Thank you, and it's an honor to be partners with you. Monica, no, no change on, this, on what we just talked about? Okay. Okay, we're gonna go now to our consent agenda. And uh, our consent agenda consists of items one through 31. And I will read the Tuesday um, morning memorandum. Consent items are one through 31. Public hearing items are 32 through 44. Regular items are 45 through 58. I request the following withdrawal, Scrivener's errors inclusion of additional information. Withdrawal, deferral, substitutions, item number 16. Withdraw for further staff review. Item 26, deferred to September 30th, 2019 or sooner at the applicant's request to study the notes consistency with the City of Coconut Creek's regulations. Scrivener's errors, item number 11, currently reads motion to adopt public hearing is to be held on Thursday, March 28th, 2019. Should read motion to adopt public hearing is to be held on Tuesday, April 9th, 2019. Mayor's request without objection to um, items 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 54, be moved to consent. Additional information uh, for the regular meeting is item 1A, board appointment. Item number 1A, board appointment. Item number five and six, replacement exhibit one, submitted by Human Service Department. Item number 45, parking garage list update submitted by Mayor Mark Bogan. Item number 45, subparagraph two, Parking Garage Cirque Hotel Feasibility Study submitted by Regional Emergency Services and Communications. Item number 47, Memo to the Board submitted by Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. 
Item number 52, substitute motion submitted by Commissioner Steve Geller. Item number 57, letter from Sitco Petroleum Corporation submitted by Port Everglades. Additional material regarding public hearing. Item number 40, fiscal impact statement submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 40, subparagraph two, proposed substitute ordinance submitted by Vice Mayor Dale Holness. Item number 42, proposed amendment to the ordinance submitted by Vice Mayor Dale Holness. Item number 42, subparagraph two, proposed amendments to the draft ordinance submitted by Commissioner Steve Geller. With that, um, I'd like to go around the dais to see if there are any polls on our consent agenda. So let's start with uh, Commissioner Udine. None, Mayor. Commissioner Geller. None. Commissioner Ryan. Items 7 and 12. Commissioner Furr. 18, please. Commissioner, uh, Vice Mayor Holness. None. Commissioner Sharif. None. Commissioner Ridge. None. Commissioner Fisher. None. Um, Commissioner Ryan Furr, you want to um, change? No. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Motion to approve the consent. You want me? You want me to add another one? Second. Wait, I'm sorry, Council. No, I just didn't. Oh. Motion to approve. I'm being told none. I have a I have a motion and a second um, for consent items. Do we have that down? Uh, just as 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 stated. Pardon me. No, we don't have to read into the motion, do we? It, it, it's simple though. You added 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, and 54, and you pulled from the from the board 7, 12, and 18. Okay, I got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Showing that passes unanimously. Jeannie, thank you. All right, we are, now that we've gotten that out of the way, we're going to go straight to number 45, which is the parking garage. Yes. I'd like to make a motion that um, Commissioner Ryan not be allowed to pull items if he's not on time to work. Do I have a second on that? <laughs> I think we need to stop Commissioner Ryan from eating. That would be a big yeah. help to our uh, to our budget to our budget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay, um, I'd like to just focus uh, for five minutes on our, um, more than five minutes, actually on our parking garage. Um, there was a, uh, the need for speed on our P25. We have some guests here today to talk about the status on that. Um, I think it's the KCI engineers. Are, are you guys here? Uh, they are here. Come on up. Come. I'm, I'm sorry. He's coming. Okay, great. I apologize. What's your name again? Mr. Cole. I was going to introduce him to you. Please. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just did that. So, Mr. Cole with KCI. Good morning, commissioners, Broward County staff, citizens of Broward County, and visitors. Um, I'm Eric Cole. I'm a professional engineer with KCI Technologies, and I'm going to provide you with an update on the CERC engineering feasibility study. Um, if you'll humor me and, and allow me to kind of go through a few prepared remarks, I will gladly answer any questions you might have, and some of my remarks may actually um, trigger a couple other questions you might have as well. Mr. Mayor, before he starts, may I ask, who, who do you represent? Who is hiring you? Excuse me? Who do you represent? The county. You I represent county. KCI Technologies, and I'm working for the Broward County staff. Thank you. Okay. 
He, he's our hired end. He's our hired end. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Thank you. So first and foremost, we are still on track to provide you an engineering report with all the available information and commensurate design at the end of the 60 days that were granted. We have had several fact-finding visits um, with the Cirque Hotel since the 29 January Commission meeting. Um, of our initial questions, and we had about five of them, um, several have been answered, but a few have some open ends. We have been provided five locations for the generator and feel we have determined the county's preferred location. The microwave vendor has confirmed the microwave path, so we are finalizing the mounting details. One of the open-end items, we have not been able to confirm a clear path for the power and telco to the proposed equipment on the roof. On 4 February, we had a walk with the electrical designer um, who designed the electrical system, which provided the potential path through one of the electrical uh, electrical um, chase rooms, but unfortunately that visit was inconclusive. We had a follow-on visit on the 14th of February with the electrical contractor who installed the, uh, the, electri the electrical within the building. And this actually revealed several additional conduits that are within the floor slabs that are actually going to various residents. And from this visit, we're, we decided we're gonna need to complete x-ray testing in order to validate this path and we have a contractor preparing a quote and timeline for that. We also discovered during the 14 visit that there are several tenant storage spaces that are alternating within these electrical rooms. <coughs> so those are gonna have to uh, be relocated um, and uh, in order to provide that straight path for the, uh, the power and telco. Commercial power appears to be available from an FPL vault located within the garage, um, which is good, and that actually helps us with where we are locating our generator. Um, and we're, coordinating on, we're coordinating with FPL right now to get the availability of the service. Fiber service is also open as AT&T is not currently a provider within the building. Um, they have another um, telecommunications provider, so we're coordinating with them to see if we can get service run to that building. Um, RF modeling is still underway to try and alleviate concerns of shadowing from the size and shape of the roof. Um, FCC, NEPA, SHPO, um, we discovered that because of the building's proximate, proximity to the Hollywood uh, Historic District, we do have to go through the, uh, the FCC process, and that's underway. Um, the FAA is also required because in order to try to alleviate some of the shadowing, we've had to elevate the, uh, um, the antennas for the new system approximately 10 feet off of the top, which with a 20-foot antenna means we are 20 foot now above the top of anything on the building. Um, both of these regulatory submissions are underway, but will not be approved most likely until after the 60-day deadline, which will not affect our, uh, our final recommendations or our final report, I'm sorry. So our future actions, um, basically at this point now, we're finalizing the structural, electrical, and mechanical design, minus the additional that's going to be coming from x-ray testing. Um, we're pairing cost estimates. We're coordinating that x-ray testing right now. Um, in order to validate that path. We will finalize the engineering report. Um, other consultants are working on the uh, RF coverage studies. Again, the shadowing becomes one of those concerns. We don't want to have a degraded service. Um, and then we are completing the regulatory submittals. So in short, we have progressed as expected, but with the conduit path provided, it is not as clear as anticipated during our initial visit on the 4th of February and therefore we'll have to go ahead and, and 
move forward with uh, some additional x-ray testing. We will provide the report as scheduled. However, based on that testing, there may be a few unresolved items, such as whether or not there is not a clear path, in which case we'll have to reevaluate in terms of you know, whether or not that's going to be feasible or not. Subject to your questions. Um, before I uh, recognize Commissioner for I just want to confirm, you're still on the 60-day time limit. You're going to have everything finished by then, correct? We will have everything that we have at that time, yes. You will the have only, everything completed at that time. The only outstanding item may be from the x-ray testing, depending on how long that takes. We're going to have to look at about 20 floors. Okay, besides the x-ray testing, everything else will be completed? Yes, from an engineering standpoint, yes. Okay, Commissioner Furr. Thank you, Mr. Cole. Um, I, I, I wanted to recognize Mayor Levy from Hollywood, and I believe has the engineer and the building uh, department official from here. <clears throat> Just wanted to know if they had anything that they wanted to add to that. <coughs> Morning, everyone. Uh, great to be here. Uh, so, Commissioner Furr, uh, we you know, received the report this morning, and as he points out, uh, some things that are routine are yet to be completed, but everything seems to be on track. Uh, we continue to feel, and, and our building official reviewed the report real quick this morning and finds that nothing seems to be insurmountable, and so long as everyone continues the path forward, it seems that the CERC will certainly, you know, pan out as the viable option that we expected it would be. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's all. Commissioner Ryan. In your engineering analysis, you mentioned uh, what sounded to me like the most um, challenging issue is that the conduit may have some obstructions. Uh, if your x-rays reveal that you're not able to take a straight path, what's your um, alternative means by, by delivery? That's a great question. So in my, in my opinion, this will require kind of a little bit of back and forth. And what I mean by that is, depending on whether you go in some directions, you're going to impact tenants because you'll be going through possibly their residences. You may impact other, you know, communal type areas within that building. So it may not be quite as, as easy as simply saying, okay, let's make a jog 90, 90 degrees, jog 20 feet, and then continue up, come back, and then continue up the chase. That's the challenge is because the way the the way the electrical contractor described, within the slabs, these are about roughly 12-inch floor slabs that are mostly hollow. They have a number of conduits, and these basically come down this chaseway. So if you can imagine an electrical closet, you have all these conduits coming up and down the chaseway. When they get to the ceiling, they are shooting out in all directions to the residences, which are you know, kind of in a 360 around this room. So the problem is the electrical contractor has no, no clue, I guess, at this point without doing some additional testing in terms of which direction those conduits are running. And that's, and that's the challenge until we get in there and actually look. We don't know if we can go five feet outside of the room and have a clear path or if we have to go 20 feet, depending on how the spaghetti kind of goes through the, the system. I hope that helps. And the second issue that you had mentioned with regard to the possible, I guess it, you call it shadowing, because of the construction or configuration of the, the roof structure, that didn't sound to me like that was any kind of an insurmountable uh, challenge for you, that, that you just will have to raise the antenna apparently another 10 feet? So we actually, that was one of the things we tried to do to alleviate it. Um, I am not the expert by any means on RF, so 
I can give you my opinion. But the long story short is because of the way the circus shaped, it's kind of shaped like a football, if you will. It's kind of rounded on the front and back. So we're trying to put our antennas in the center, even elevating. But if you kind of do the, the math, so to speak, and kind of draw a triangle that comes down from the center of that antenna, there's going to be a certain point where you hit that edge of the roof. And as it continues to follow down, there's going to be a shadowing that's going to be on the inside of that coverage. And on a tower, you normally don't have that issue because it's basically able to go through the, the openness of the tower, so to speak. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh. Commissioner Zeller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I have a couple questions based on what you just said today and, and what I've read. I mean, I think my position has been clear. I think we should work with our local governments whenever we can, providing that that doesn't delay this at all, because I'm not willing to delay this. You raised a question on, you said something that the FAA, um, if we went, I believe you said the antenna would be 20 feet or could be 20 feet taller than any other building in the area, and that would require FAA approval. Again, I'm unwilling to have delays, so my first question is, between the FAA or anything else, uh, the mayor kept asking if we'll be done in 60 days. If we're done in 60 days with everything, I'm, I'm happy, and if it works, that's my goal. If we're done in 60 days, but we need another six months to get approvals from other federal agencies, that is very problematic. Can you describe between the FAA or any other groups, is there, are there things that would not be done in the 60 days? And by the way, the second question I'm going to have is on Hallandale, whether or not they're okay, but first one. Okay. So your first question is the 60-day timeline will not include any of the regulatory approvals. So we are forecasting somewhere around mid-April we will receive the FAA approval as well as the first half of the, the NEPA SHPO approval, which is the Historic Preservation Office and the National Environmental Protection Act. That is the estimate that's provided to us by the contractor who's working on that portion of this project. If we were to go with the Westlake Park, would we also have delays while we're waiting for federal approvals? No, my understanding is that process has already been done with the Westlake Park site. Okay, so if we go with the CERC, you're talking about mid-April, but then I heard you say something about for the first half? Yes, sir. So the second half is once you get that approval, then you have to go into the FCC and acknowledge that you have a clean bill of health from the, the NEPA SHPO standpoint as well as the FAA. And that's the antenna structure registration process. And that and can take another 45 days or so. Mid-April, so mid-May, May. basically June 1st. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming, or I shouldn't assume anything, but we are there things that we can be doing concurrently with this so that this will not result in a delay? Or... Can we not really start without the approvals? No, sir. Um, and part of it, 
part of it depends on the local jurisdiction because sometimes as part of the let's say zoning approval process they want to actually see that clean bill of health meaning that you've got all those regulatory approvals prior to applying i i do not know if that's the case with the city of hollywood or broward county but that has been my experience throughout other states assuming that the city of hollywood is working with us because they want the circ and i think we'd like the circ if it doesn't result in a delay Assuming that the city is cooperating and the county is cooperating, in that case, are there other things that can be done concurrently so that there will not be <coughs> a substantial additional delay by, using, by going with the CERC? Yes, sir. So the answer to that question is yes. We can continue forward with, obviously, the final construction drawings once we complete the preliminary engineering feasibility portion of this. We'll finalize the construction drawings. The contractors will put together their final bids, will be able to apply for the building permit and those things, and then continue on that, uh, that parallel path. Okay. But there will probably be some differential because Hollywood has expressed the ability that they will fast track. So we may in fact have the permit in hand prior to receiving that, that final approval okay. from the regulatory. All right, because again, I would like to work with our local government partners, show deference, providing we're not doing delay. Last question is, I know not to believe anything that I read in the news media without verification, um, but I had read that there could be, that there were some potential concerns with the city of Hallandale at the CERC uh, that, um, they might not get complete enough coverage. Is that being remedied by the additional 20 foot uh, or the taller tower? Sir, again, that's not my, my expertise. However, that is part of that entire study that's being conducted by MCP, which is the county's um, partner within the coverage realm, as well as the Motorola RF engineers. The shadowing is the big issue with that because again, they're obviously the, the closest, if you will, or one of the closer um, jurisdictions. So until that study is complete, which it is continuing forward, I, I can't answer that question. But that is one of the purposes of elevating. We can continue to elevate those antennas as much as possible, but at some point it's going to, you know, I guess resemble more of a tower than a building structure. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Commissioner Furr. Thank you. With regard to the historic district, um, that's something that I'm going to, the mayor's here, and I know that's right on the edge of that historic district. That's something you can, can you waive that? Or well, can, in other words, can you, ex can you help expedite this real quick? So as Senator Geller pointed out, we certainly pledge to uh, expedite uh, and work concurrently with any regulatory approval needed by the city of Hollywood, whether it's permitting, whether it's uh, site plan approvals, you name it. We're ready to go. Uh, Andrea, the director that's been the point person on this is here. Our building officials here, we're all ready to go and to the extent we can waive or otherwise help expedite any review, we're here for that. Great, thank you. And I yep. think you have your electrical, yeah, our electrical engineers here. Andrea's here. Uh, they wanted to add a few more words. Okay. With regards to the historic, I think your consultant is referring to SHPO, which is the State Historic Preservation Office, oh. so that we, the city, can reach out to them and help in any way possible to get that through. And then, yes, I echo everything the mayor said about expediting any necessary approvals. Yeah, um, if there's a way of reaching to out today, the let's do it. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm Andrea Winget, Assistant Director, Development Services, Building, Planning, Zoning, all that fun City stuff. City Hollywood. Yes. Thank you. And I believe the electrical. Hello, Commissioners. My name is Russell Long. I'm with City of Hollywood. I'm the Assistant Building Official and also the Electrical Chief. I just wanted to add that um, these electrical rooms, um, is my understanding that not every floor has to be um, x-rayed. It was only like um, rooms from 24 down to room uh, number five. Out of those floors, um, it's not every room. Every room had a sleeve. It depends on the um, size of the conduit that they were wishing to um, run. It, obviously, if it's um, in preference, they want a straight line. That, that's more that's more than anybody could ask for, but there are some hurdles that maybe out of that six by six room that they might have to move to a different sleeve. Like in the ceiling, it might be on one corner and the other sleeve might be on the floor at the other side. You just have to run the conduit accordingly. But um, I was all for the um, X-raying if it's more easier. But um, there are some conduits that may be there, but hopefully that um, that's not there. But there is other options that um, there are sleeves. Maybe the sleeves are, um, maybe two inch and you can only get like an inch and a half conduit. If um, I was talking to the electrical contractor, if they want to go higher voltage, they can go smaller conduit with smaller wire and just put a transformer up on the roof to get the voltage that they need. So that was just another option just to kind of clear that up. Okay. Good, good, good morning, Mayor, Commissioners, Vice Mayor, City Administrator. Dean Decker, I'm the building official of the City of Hollywood. You know, we did have that meeting. In fact, I was very concerned the last time I was here. I told you how concerned I was. But this was a very positive meeting. We met with the electrical contractor, and he absolutely said, no problem. There is no issue getting that up to the floor. And we're talking about the FAA, about these antennas 20 feet up there. Well, I guess they forgot to mention there's spires that are 30 feet above it. So the spires will be five feet taller than the antennas. So we've already got that approved. So that's a non-issue. Uh, this really was a very positive meeting. When we ended the meeting with everybody, Motorola and everybody, I stopped them. I said, guys, does this work? And their answer, unanimously, yes, it works. So anything that we can do for the city of Hollywood, we're going to do it. I do appreciate the time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And if you can just do it as fast as you can, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Commissioner Udine. Um, hopefully that cooperation will extend on the off shot that this doesn't work. If this works and it can be as quick as possible, I think that that's the fact that the city of Hollywood is pledging to work with us. But I know we're also on the same track of looking at other properties just on the off shot that this does not work. Um, and hopefully we'll get the same level of cooperation with any other property that's, that's chosen. My question is really for county administration. <clears throat> Have we now deviated from the fourth quarter of 2019 rollout of the new radio system? Given where we are today, it appears that we may have. Um, until these last few studies and really understanding the implications of when our permits are issued and when we can start construction, I can't. I can give you something definitively, but our um, as as you all aware, our goal was to have all the construction done to start the testing um, in um, the end of September, first of October. 
um, to make sure everything is working before we have a cutoff in January. Um, at least from at, right now, they're they're working as hard as they can. But I, I as I said in previous meetings, I, I I just can't commit that 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 schedule we're going to make it. So and we won't know until all of this is done. So then I think at this point it probably would be prudent for Broward County Administration to send a letter to the MSD Commission updating the letter that we sent them a couple months ago that it, it doesn't look like, I mean, send them the copy of the minutes of these meetings that we've had the last few times, but we've left that position in a different stance with the MSD Commission that the governor set up than, than where we are right now. So that, that's just an aside. Um, I think that that's probably important to lay that out at this point. So we're completely transparent and we subject all of us to the complete accountability of our actions that we're making as a county. I also think that um, what is the process from the overall radio system if we cannot get buy-in for a tower in a particular area? So there are 17 towers. It, what if we cannot get what if it works out that we can't get to an agreement and we can't get a tower there? How long do we hold up the entire process for the other 1.7 million residents of Broward County while we wait for one area? Again, um, Commissioner, we've, um, we've had this conversation internally and there's no one on my team that recommends that we proceed without that last tower because they're, they are so interconnected. Um, technically, if you if you put it all together without that, you can, um, but you create some gaps in the system. And if you later f try to do it, you, you, know, you now you're taking things down, putting things back up. So there's no one on my team rec that recommends that we um, um, that we go through the process of engineering this whole system without having all of the towers and the equipment in place. Um, again, without um, getting re really technical, that's that's sort of the summary of what I you know what I would add to this. Um, as far um, as the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Task Force, um, I spoke to Mr. Gualtieri um, maybe three weeks ago or some weeks ago. They have indicated that they are. Um, they are they're keeping an eye and that they will be sending an investigator down to talk to us um, here shortly. I'm not quite sure what the timeline is on that. Hopefully by the time they have someone come here that we will have that study done and we'll know more because then we can speak definitively about the timeline. Right now it's still kind of difficult to do that. Um, if we re-engineered it, would, would that delay it further for the rest of the 1.7 million members of the county, or would that make it actually quicker because we have everything else in place and ready to go? I understand there would be gaps in service probably in the Hollywood area and probably in maybe in Hallandale and Dania based on where it's located. But when Tracy and his team came up and showed the circle with the hands going each different way for multiple redundancy, would that speed it up um, and, and allow the service for the balance of the county to be optimal and then that area we would have to see if it could come aboard later as, as we move forward. I don't know the answer to that because I'm not an expert, but I, I, I would rather have um, our radio engineer respond and react to that and I'll have him um, get that information to you. Today I didn't invite him that, because fine. we were it working be... on the actual study. So. 
Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see that information just to see if there is uh, what the delays look like for the rest of the county as opposed to one way or another so we can make an informed decision as we continue to move forward. Listen, I'd like it to move forward as quick as it can. If the Cirque Tower is the tower to do it, then let's do it. If the Westlake property is a place to put it on, let's do it. But at some point, we got to fish or cut bait and move this forward so that the rest of the, you know, the residents of Broward County are protected. Um, next in queue is Senator Rich. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, just a couple of questions. So are we, are we working on a parallel track if this does not work with the CERF? Um, so the answer is um, on the county's end, yes. Um, we have, uh, we're in communication with um, the city of Hollywood staff about the water tower site. Um, the water tower site, as you may recall, it was a site that we looked at early on. Um, the city had indicated that, that, um, that they had future plans that would or could impact our ability to, to do that. We asked them to provide that information. They did. We had some folk um, look at it. We think we have an area on the site that would not impact their plans uh, going forward in the future. Um, that is something that um, we have uh, at our next uh, meeting that we have asked the city to really work with us to have that conversation about that so that we at least have the, the two paths going at the same time. Okay. So I, I am very concerned. I mean, someone stood up here and said, you know, it's not an issue, none of this, but it's an issue until it's all resolved. It's an issue. And I am very concerned with the answer that Commissioner Udine got because this means we're delaying the, the, the implementation of this. And, uh, you know, the cost, it's not even about money to the county or whatever, it's a cost to public safety in this, in this community. So what is the deadline to start building this and get it finished in time for the original goal? So our original goal was to have all of the towers erected and all of the um, the shelters, um, we call them little bunkers, but um, have all of the construction done by August. Then the radio um, engineer would start doing all of the technical engineering work to link it, and then we would start the actual testing of it um, October 1. Did I, is that your understanding? Yes, ma'am. Basically from the timeline that the staff had prepared, they're basically showing the end of August is really when they have to have all construction complete. And that way, you know, again, the rest of the, the system testing and integration can occur because with a simulcast system, it's not as easy as turning on a site and because all the sites have to interact with one another, there's a lot of testing and, and stuff that goes on back and forth as well. And what would be the deadline, excuse me, what would be the deadline to start with the CERC if the CERC works out? What would be the deadline to start it to have this fall into the calendar that we have in place? The CERC is going to be, the CERC is going to be one of those um, more, more demanding construction challenges, I guess, if you will, because there's a lot of building that has to take place. Um, the county administrator mentioned that a lot of the other sites, the tower sites, have got shelters. Those shelters are already being built as we speak. So all that needs to be done, once you get that grade and all the, the grounds prepared for it, and you put in a slab, you just drop that in place. So all your electrical wiring is done, 
your grounding is done, you know, all the, all the equipment has the racks that are, most, are basically in place, and it's just a matter of, of almost turning on the switch once you wire it up. Inside the CERC, we're going to have to build that shelter from scratch. You know, so we're going to basically be building the walls. We're going to be installing the grounding in there. We're going to have to install the all, all the overhead cable trays. And, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's going to have to be done from a stick-built standpoint, if you will, just like a normal house or any other um, type construction, whereas the shelters are being produced in a plant, and that plant is doing all that wiring and all that kind of stuff and delivering a finished product when the smoke clears. Mm -hmm. So I bet what you're basically saying is we, we cannot meet this timetable. It's going to be very, very close. If we can get started one June, you know, assuming that that's the same day we get that, you know, regulatory approval from um, the federal government. And again, one of the things I need to mention is they mentioned that uh, they can definitely help from a state historical preservation. The other side of the federal is the tribal historic preservation office. And Florida's got a number of tribes that do have a voice. And depending on how that voice is heard, again, unfortunately, it becomes political. And if they start to drag their feet, that can delay things as well. So like I said, I just want to make sure that you know, we're, we're, we're banking on pushing as much as we can. But the federal government's the federal government. Okay, I, I, so I just want to say I think we're remiss and if we are not prepared with another site. I mean, we're, we're just going to be not, by the end of the year, we'll still be talking about this and it won't be completed. And it's, it's frightening just to think that we are allowing this to happen. We have to have this system up. It should have, you know, we should have been started already. But okay, we didn't have the towers everywhere. But I mean, every, we come back every meeting and talk and talk. And we're not, we're not going to get this done in a, in a timely fashion that protects the people in Broward County. So I, I just think we need to be prepared to make another decision uh, should this you know, not happen within the next month or so. That's it. I mean, we, we, we can't wait any longer. Commissioner Shree. Mayor, I just wanted to make a suggestion. Because every time this item comes here, we spend about an hour discussing the same thing over and over again, and then somebody rebuts it. And so I was thinking that maybe it would be better if we had a workshop on the item when it comes back with the studies. And so we could discuss all of that in the workshop. And that way, when we get the item here on the dais, we're not going back and forth like this because we could save time and run our meeting more efficiently and get more work done. So I'm just asking if maybe we can make this a workshop. Commissioner Sharif, um, the only reason I asked this gentleman to come here was for one reason, was to get updates. So we wouldn't just get lost. We, you know, this is an important item and uh, I didn't expect us to go and discuss this again and again and go into detail. It was, are you working on it? Is it getting done? Is there other delays? Are you gonna be done within 60 days? And the answer I got was yes. And, and then when, you know, when Commissioner Rich asked you a question about is this going to meet the deadline, I hear you on one hand, on one side saying it's going to be close, the other hand it's not going to be close. I'd like a straight answer. Are you going to be able to meet the deadline from where you are today? I understand delays can happen, hurricanes can come, all the things can happen. Assuming it doesn't, can you meet the deadline? I so, just before you, just want to clarify because I think you need to make a difference. A, a differentiation or distinction between are you going to meet the timeline for the study because that's what 
that's what we asked him to okay. to do. And Fair enough. So, which is different from are we going to be able to complete the project? Assuming there's time. no delays, are you going to be able to meet the timeline? For the engineering study, the feasibility study, yes. We will have that for you in the 60 days allocated. In terms of the construction, that will be part of the study. Hopefully, we can provide you with a timeline based on the construction requirements, the drawings, and, and those kind of things. Okay. But that's, but I, unfortunately, that's outside of my expertise because I'm okay. not a contractor. So, so we voted as a commission to move forward with this for 60 days, give him 60 days, and all of this parking garage, the purpose is to see if he's on time and to keep him on time. That's it. Yes, Senator Rich. The other, but the other point that I, that I brought up that I think is we need to be working actively on another avenue, Agreed. on a parallel avenue, because okay. if this doesn't work, and I, I have no idea if this is going to work or not. Now when I hear about how, how the building has to go and the shelters and everything else, I, I don't know. So, Do you want to discuss that now? Well, I, we, I thought we were working on a parallel track. That's why I asked the question. And the answer, I believe, was that we are, but the city isn't. So I would like the city to join us and to be working on an alternate track in case this doesn't come to fruition. Um, did you stand up? You wanted to comment on it? Andrea Winget. Yeah. Um, the city has offered several times to meet with the county on Plan B. The county has said they would reach out to us for a meeting. We would like to meet with them and their siting consultants. We feel that would be a much more productive meeting. Um, I think it was Motorola and MCP, if we could all sit around the table. And I know there's a long checklist of items that have to be done in order to properly site. It's not just one thing, there's a lot. I think that would be the most productive way to come up with a plan B. Okay. With regards to our utility site, our utilities department okay. is um, going over some of the response from the county with some of our permitting agencies. So we're trying to get that in order to schedule the meeting with gotcha. Chevy uh, well, well, I, I agree with Commissioner Sharif. Maybe we need a workshop. We got a meeting in one week, right? We got another meeting in a week, 10 days? Tuesday. Tuesday. The 5th, March 5th. March yeah. 5th. Okay. So uh, you could have a conversation with the county and we'll come back and figure out uh, where we're going from there and we'll maybe talk about a workshop. Mayor. Wait, there's... No, I just, I just wanted to, to clarify the, um, the, the meeting. We won't be prepared to have a real fruitful discussion of, uh, in a workshop setting until we have the results of that study because that way we will know what, what we're doing. We'll know um, what kind of construction and activity. So March 5th will probably be too soon. Too soon, okay. And I just want to also clarify um, the ask from the county relates to the two sites. We talked about the, the, um, the park, but we also came up with an alternate site with a location on that site that, that appears not to be in conflict with, with their construction. We had a conversation about that, I believe. Unfortunately, I wasn't there um, yesterday. But um, as far as meeting with the consultants, we have looked at probably seven different sites that the city's proposed, and each of them, we keep trying to tell them that those, they don't work, and why they don't work. Um, so we're happy to have that conversation again. Can you make it short? Thank you. I just don't want to leave that comment out there by the city of Hollywood. 
because it, it, it bucks the historical facts of this case. We had another site. We went for the water plant site in 2016, we being the county, it was before I was here. The, the city then said the water plant site is not the optimal site. The optimal site for us is the Westlake Park site. They sent that back to us. So those two sites are both sites that will work. Obviously, we wanted the water plant. They said Westlake, Westlake works. So there are two other sites. What we should be getting is a commitment from the city of Hollywood that if the Cirque site doesn't work, all this bending over backwards that they're trying to do for the Cirque site, they'll do the same thing for the other two sites. That's what I'd like to see. Other than that, I mean, we can have a parking garage every time we can have a workshop, but that's really where we need to go. And I appreciate you bringing this up. This I think it's correct to, to speed this Our up. County attorney. Just very briefly, also don't want to leave something out there. We met with the city yesterday, and we presented a, an aerial showing what we believe would be a good plan B. There were two different sites on the water treatment site area that we think would work. We also uh, show where uh, the, the park site is. We were prepared to discuss it yesterday. The city was not prepared to discuss it yesterday. Uh, I don't know if they've circled back. We were trying to get a call for later this week. And I'm not sure if that call has been set, but uh, we appreciate the city's help on CERC. They're clearly working with us. It's absolutely critical. We've, we've taken direction from the board that we identify and move forward concurrently on Plan B, and we're doing everything that we can, and we'd like for the city, obviously, uh, to work with us as collaboratively as possible. Mayor Levy, can we get that going with uh, Plan B? Yes, no? Definitely. Okay, what do we yeah. need to do to get it going? So so I know the staff level, there's been, you know, daily communication and... and okay, if there's the, a problem, I'm going to call you. Is that no okay? No problem. We're here. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, let's move on. Commissioner Furs, accreditation of child care centers and early learning facilities is going to be a kickoff planned event for April 2019. You're aware of that? Um, MSD investigative report, I think it's, we're talking about early April um, for report. Uh, uh, Vice Mayor Holness is Lauderhill Transit Center construction update. I think it's the same in December 2019-20. I'm going to skip over the Bridge Scholarship Program Convention Center Hotel. Alpha 250 property. Um, Drew, you're, meeting, you're, you're going over that with, still with uh, Commissioner Furr? Mayor, we sent out a, a copy of our response to, uh, to Municipal Council. Uh, all of the commissioners should have received that. And uh, that Alpha 250 is, is part of that, yes. So what, what's next? What are we waiting for? Uh, the next step is to receive a response from uh, Mr. Cole or from the municipalities, from potentially from the League of Cities, and then probably to have a sit down and try to work out the can, memorandum. Can of, someone reach out to him from your staff to find out when he's responding? We're, we're in contact with him on, uh, on this, yes. Commissioner Furr? Real quick, I'm, I'm scheduled to speak at the Broward League of Cities on March 7th. It'd be nice if we can kind of pull that together by then. I know that's quick, but... Uh, we're in let's good shape. Let, let Jamie know that. Or? We're in good shape from our side, Commissioner, okay. and, and I know. I'll let Jamie I know. know. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, on the text to 911 system, uh, it says rollout is still expected. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Commissioner Eden. On the text to 911. Yeah. Um, it says uh, first quarter 2019. Do we have a date, a uh, month, uh, when we talk about next month, obviously? Yeah, we're talking about next month, and hopefully by the end of next month. When I say hopefully, if it can be done sooner, um, fine. We're testing it. It's it's working. A couple of little glitches. We're working to resolve each of those little glitches, but that's what our goal is. Okay. So our focus now has been on how do we communicate that to the public when it's a it's a go live. 
So it all goes at once. Commissioner Dean. <laughs> um, just very quickly, I think that this issue, the county's done a good job on this. I think that the testing that they've done, this few, because it was supposed to be done by January 1st, but the few week delay that we've had has opened up. There's been some problems in other areas of the state that our testing has kind of will fix for those other areas. So that's important. But what I'd like to say is, um, can we put this on the agenda the first week in April and bring the service providers here if it's not working? If it's working, then you just take it right off. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and now it'll be working by then. Okay, we're going to skip the spectrum building analysis on here. Living wages. We have a public hearing today. Um, I'm going to ask about the, the date on Judge Tudor um, to our county administrator. October 22nd is when we first met with Judge Tudor. Um, it's four months later. It says in here that um, part of the FY20 budget process, and what bothers me about that answer is that budget process is not for another quarter or so away. Um, I don't understand, what, what's the holdup on this? So this is a project that was never funded. Remember the, the 17th floor is, the, is the, what we're looking at? It was never funded. So what, what we need to do is make sure that um, rather than the full build out of the floor, he has agreed to, so I guess it's about a third of the floor, but there's, that can be done. And when that's, uh, when that's finished, we'll bring it to you. It can come outside of the budget cycle. Or it could be part of the budget cycle. But today, it is not funded. But, but before it gets funded, what needs to come from one of your departments? The, the, um, the final plans, I mean, the construct, who's the, whole, in, the who, bids. Who's in charge of that? Um, Mr. Hammond. Okay, can we okay. ask Mr. Hammond when I could I, have a date and when that, let's pretend we, the, the money's not the issue. We still need the preparation before the money. I mean, we need the plans, the specs, we need the budget, we need everything. I will, I will, if hopefully before the end of this meeting, get you an answer. If not, I'll have it to, for Tuesday. Okay, also Commissioner Ryan wanted to ask you a question. Yes. Maybe a question just, or an observation. I think that when we first looked at the build out on the 14th, excuse me, the 17th floor, it was almost $6 million. And this is going to be uh, a large courtroom that would uh, be able to accommodate, you know, very high profile civil and criminal cases. Um, Judge Tudor, in his analysis, I think he was able to bring that price tag down to just over $4 million. And so that was a significant reduction in still being able to achieve our purposes. Um, but even at, at $4 million or $4.5 million, that's a lot of money for our budget. And I think part of what we were looking at is an effort to, to go to Tallahassee and try to get some portion of the funding from the state legislature on this item because it will do more than just enhance the courthouse for Broward County residents. It may also be able to serve uh, the 4th District Court of Appeal that is a multi-county district and uh, with that in mind perhaps we will be able to get some state funding so I mean we're we're in the legislative session and uh, with the uh, with the strong help from Commissioner Rich and Commissioner Geller working this item in appropriations and with our lobbying team perhaps we'll be successful Interesting. Commissioner Udine just want to add on to that because I think Commissioner Ryan is hundred percent correct don't they still owe us for the state still owe us for the furniture for the rest of the building? Yes, so they do. We're not going to commit to another four or five million dollars <laughs> until we're paid back for the money that we already laid out. I want to build a nice courtroom too for the, but 
I mean, the Broward County taxpayers are not supposed to be paying for this. It's the state taxpayers that are supposed to be paying for this. And we're already in queue for the furniture for the rest of the building, which they haven't paid now for three legislative sessions. Okay, um, mo moving on. Um, we're gonna skip the uh, C-51 reservoir. Uh, the vacant two par uh, parcels in District 2, um, it says an agenda item will be developed um, in April uh, for those items. So, yes. And, and we could talk about how we're gonna do some affordable housing on those uh, base, vacant parcels. Yeah, so the parcels you'll have an item in front of you that, that lays out what the process would be for the disposition of those, for those properties, uh, and all of which um, But this will, will be run by the county, not the city, correct? I'm sorry, say again? This will be um, administered by the county, not the city. It's whatever the board uh, ultimately wishes. Okay. Um, I don't have any more items to talk about. If anybody else does, we're ready to move on, finish the consent agenda. Great, let's move on to consent agenda. Uh, okay, where's my, my form? Yeah, yeah, give me one second. I don't know where it was. Okay, item number seven, Commissioner Ryan. This is a motion to adopt the resolution approving the appropriation and the uh, disbursement of funds for the Ryan White HIV AIDS uh, Health and Support Services for uh, low-income and uninsured persons who are afflicted with HIV. I see that uh, we are able to disperse for the, the year, fiscal year that begins March 1 um, in just a week we'll be able to go ahead and fund this for a year at 14.1 million. But I also saw that we recently had received from um, the federal government, which funds the Ryan White, Ryan White Part A program, treatment program in its entirety uh, from the Department of Health and Human Services, the Health Resources and Services Administration, um, a, a grant in the amount of 15.9 million. So, that's a pretty significant increase, and um, I know that um, the uh, the folks with the county's human services have uh, lobbied this strong up in, in Washington, D.C., and I had an opportunity to go up with uh, some of our staff members, and we actually met with the Secretary of Health Resources and Services Administration. Uh, what I'd like to know is, with this additional funding, will this reach... Um, more of that target population that we were concerned about, that um, the funding for the Ryan White program is based upon residency in those uh, eligible metropolitan areas. Uh, and you have a number of people that in the wintertime, say from New York or Philadelphia or whatever, they, they come to Florida and we provide the services here in Broward County, but yet we don't receive the funding for it. Uh, is this additional grant money uh, addressing that particular inequity. Ms. Campbell, if you can come to the podium, please. Good morning, Commissioners. Good morning. I'll have William Green answer the question relative to the extra money that was allocated by HRSA. And you, you, Ms. Green, you do remember that long train ride to Maryland and then yes, how do. we had to hike about a mile and a half to get to the building? Yes, I do. Okay. So anyway, so um, we did actually receive, I noticed, a grant award. Uh, it in 
it actually included approximately an additional $140,000. We uh, lobbied on several di different issues, including um, more, appropriate, more appropriations for the CARE Act across the board. In addition, there were some questions about the formula and we talked with HRSA about uh, what we consider in-migration, looking at people who are tested outside of Broward County that we don't receive funding for. We have been in communication with them, and they are looking at, looking at making some changes. What those changes are going to be, that's not quite known. They did indicate that they would be doing some additional research. All right. Well, I remember when we met with the secretary, he was uh, very encouraged with the, the program, the comprehensive program that we have in Broward County, and we extended an invitation for him to come down and see it firsthand. Hopefully you followed up on that and you've got him a, a hotel room on the beach. We're trying to. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Second. All in favor? Any opposed? Show item seven being passed unanimously. Now let's go to item number 12, and that would be Commissioner Ryan again. Right, this is the last item I pulled. All right, this is the uh, motion to approve a, um, um, an agreement with um, Florida Department of Environmental Protection for cost sharing on the sand bypass, um, which is over at the Port Everglades Inlet. And uh, I, I noticed that uh, it, it speaks to still there is an outstanding uh, permit that we're working with the National Marine Fisheries Services. Uh, we have the, the, the DEP permit to go forward to build the, uh, the sand trap, and then when the sand accumulates, then it's moved from the north side of the Port Harbor um, to the south side where uh, both myself and, and, and Commissioner Beamfer are, are well aware from speaking with our municipal partners that the beach is very much depleted uh, south of the beach sand, south of the Port Inlet. So um, can we get some kind of an update on where we are on that federal permit approval from the National Marine Fisheries? Ms. Harada, if you can give an update. Sure. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, thank you. Uh, yes, the pursuit of the um, federal permit that's required for the project has been um, a bit uh, delayed because of the requirement for the issuance of the biological opinion by the National Marine Fisheries. And we have <coughs> undergone extensive coordination with the DEP and the Army Corps of Engineers in revising our own uh, mitigation proposal for the protection of um, protected species. The final submittal, the best and final offer that Broward County is able to provide in the way of the mitigation plan proposal was formally advanced by the Army Corps of Engineers to the National Marine Fisheries on February 7th. And this uh, has undergone extensive review and is fully endorsed by both the state and the Army Corps. And uh, clearly the government shutdown had uh, impacted some of the uh, activities of our federal agency partners. But the transmittal was right about the time I think everyone was coming back into the office. So we do have confirmation of receipt by National Marine Fisheries, but we do not have a response. Probably a four-week time frame is a reasonable time frame for starting to um, uh, ping them a bit in terms of when we can anticipate 
um, a, a formal uh, um, draft response, and then that would be paving the way for the issuance of the permit, which we would hope to have in hand uh, prior to the summer. Well, I appreciate you uh, working so so diligently on that. And um, I also want to um, give some thanks to the Florida legislature because it was through the state government that we got that $19 million in funding, um, which is a substantial part of uh, the construction costs for this sand pit. So thank you. Okay. With that, I move the item. Thank you. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 12 passing unanimously. Let's go to Commissioner Furr, item number 18. Thank you. This is an open-end contract to, um, to multiple vendors under the Florida Sheriff's Association to purchase utility vehicles, trucks, vans, et cetera. Um, I'm surprised that we're not buying electric cars, and these are all small you know, vehicles. There's no reason we shouldn't be trying to, to um, buy electric vehicles at this point. Our climate action change plan that we passed a number of years ago, number 52 says we should be actively pursuing the installation of alternative fuel vehicle infrastructure. We should be doing that, and I would hope that by next year, when this comes back, it's in place. There's no reason it shouldn't be in place. There's no reason we should be doing this. This uh, climate change action plan number 53, reduce fuel consumption of the county fleet. That's what that would be doing. We need to check these boxes off. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approve it this time, but when this comes back next year, I'm not going to vote yes on this. If we, don't have an, if we don't have that infrastructure in place so that we can start to um, have, be able to purchase um, the electric vehicles for this. Motion to approve. I have a motion. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item 18 passing unanimously. Next is to, we're going to a public hearing items, our number 32 through 44. Um, open the public hearing. Public hearing is open. Um, item number 32 is a motion to approve the second amendment to the Marine Terminal Lease and Operating Agreement between Broward County and Crawley Liner Services, Inc., LLC, and authorize the mayor and clerk to execute same. Pursuant to Chapter 32, Part 1, Section 32.5 of the Broward County Administrative Code, two public hearings are required in this item. This is the second of two required public hearings. The public hearing is now open. Are there any members of the public that wish to speak on the item? Seeing none, um, come back. approval. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Uh, okay. Uh, item 32 passes unanimously. Item number 33 is a motion to approve the First Amendment to the Marine Terminal Lease and Operating Agreement between Broward County and Florida International Terminal, LLC, and authorize the mayor and clerk to execute the same. Pursuant to Chapter 32, Part 1, Section 32.5 of the Broward County Administrative Code, two public hearings are required in this item. This is the second of the, of the two required public hearings. Public hearing is now open. Are there any members of the public that would wish to speak? Seeing none, bring it back to the commission. Move approval. Second. I have a, a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Item number 33 passes unanimously. If I talk real fast, can you get it down? Okay. Item number, item number 34, motion to approve the First Amendment to the Marine Terminal Lease and Operating Agreement between Broward County and King Ocean Services Limited and authorize the mayor and clerk to execute the same. Pursuant to Chapter 32, Part 1, Section 32.5 of the Broward County Administrative Code, two public hearings are required on this item. This is the second of the two required public hearings. The public hearing is now open. Are there any members of the public that wish to speak on this item? Seeing none, bring it back to the Commission. Move approval. Second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? 
Item number 34 passes unanimously. Item number 35 is a motion to enact ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt land use plan text amendment PCT 19-3 regarding the Miramar Activity Center 2. Um, do, Move approval. Uh, do, do, I see, um, <laughs> hold on. No, it's, it, I, I thought I had uh, some speaker cards. Um, anybody from the public uh, wishing to speak on this item? Seeing none, bring it back to the Move approval. All in favor on number 35? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 35 passes unanimously. Item number 36 is a motion to adopt resolution to transmit a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan Map PC 19-2 in the City of Oakland Park to designated state review agencies. Um, going to the public, I have three speakers. Um, let's take Mike Flynn. Are you here? Mike Flynn is left? Okay, he's in favor. Uh, Dennis Mealy, do you wish to speak or do you want to just for questions? Questions, okay. Drew, is it Iroy? How do you pronounce it? Ioreo, okay. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> thank you. I'll make this quick. Uh, thank you, Commission. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Vice Mayor. Actually, we have met with the Vice Mayor in the past regarding this issue, and we thank you for your generosity. I live at Oak Tree. I formerly lived at Lake Emerald. The reason I mention that is that encompasses much of the area that we're talking about. We have been in close contact with the developer. We are very in favor of this. Uh, they have bent over backwards. They have listened to all the concerns of all the issues, and they are constantly meeting our needs and demands. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask them, but we are very much in favor of it. Right now, that property is unattended. It is an eyesore to the community. Um, right now, we have crime on that property because it is unattended for the last 11 years. We have looked at issues over the last 11 years. People have come in, wanted to do things. This is the best deal. And we are committed to making it work in every way possible. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Did you want to speak? Recognize Vice Mayor Holness. This is a great example of the developer uh, and the city and the community coming together to, to basically make a project work in the best interest of everyone. It's a win-win. Uh, that I see in this project. So with that, I'd move the item. I have a motion to second for item number 36. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 36 passing unanimously, and I want to recognize Senator Rich. Did you want uh, to... Oh, you're voting in the affirmative on the... On all the items. Okay, show Senator Rich voting affirmatively. Okay, moving on to item number 37 is a motion to adopt resolution to transmit a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan text PCT 19-5 regarding accessory dwelling units to designated state review agencies. Um, seeing nobody from the public wanting to speak on this, bring it back to the dais. Any, pardon me? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Do I have a motion? Second. second. I have a motion. Second. Item number 37. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Uh, show item 37 passing unanimously. Item number 38. At this time, the Board of County Commissioners opens this public hearing regarding the approval of the issuance by the Capital Trust Agency of its Educational Facilities Revenue Bonds, Paragon Academy of Technology and Sunshine Elementary Charter School Project in one or more series, either tax exempt or taxable or both, pursuant to a plan of financing in an aggregate principal amount not to exceed $8.5 million. The proceeds of such bonds shall be loaned by the Capital Trust Agency to Sunshine Elementary Charter School, Inc. and applied by Sunshine Elementary Charter School, Inc. to finance the acquisition of an existing charter school facility currently occupied by Paragon Ac Academy of Technology and Sunshine Elementary Charter School, which are charter schools located in the city of Hollywood, Broward County, Florida. This public hearing is held pursuant to public notice published on January 29th, 2019, and the requirements of section 147, subparagraph F of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 as amended and applicable treasury regulations. The public is invited to present comments on this item at this time. Is there anybody seeking to present any comments from the public? Um, item number 38, seeing none, I'm bringing it back to the dais. Start with Commissioner Furr. I do have one question, and I don't know who this would be going to, or the bond people here. No? Yes? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. My I'm Dr. My Montez. I'm the principal of the schools. Okay. My question is, how do you, how is this expected to get paid back? Is it expected to get paid back through FTE funds? Yes. Okay. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, a question for the county attorney, I think. Um, um, we have to do this because um, do we need to find that it helps the public or what finding are we supposed to be making in order to pass this? The, the reason that you have to do this, Senator, is obviously the project is in our jurisdiction, and in order for this to be financed through tax-exempt uh, financing, it would need to be approved by the host jurisdiction. Uh, the board has discretion whether to approve this or not. Uh, one of the factors, and uh, there's no, uh, I know Anika Ashton's here, and I think outside uh, Bond Council, I, I believe, is here as well. Uh, I don't think there's anything that's direct in the uh, Internal Revenue Code or the Treasury regulations that would lay out the standard. So we analogize to something in, in Florida statutes in Chapter 159. And essentially, if the board uh, determines that it's uh, not appropriate to the needs and uh, circumstances, not going to lead to economic growth, uh, it's, it doesn't serve a public purpose by advancing economic prosperity, public health, general welfare. That's the sort of thing that you should look at, and I'm looking at Ms. Ashton, who's shaking her head in the affirmative, so I haven't okay. botched it. Uh, and the board does have discretion uh, on this. Thank you. So. Mr. Mayor, be, the concern that I have, and I'm inclined to be supportive of this because I don't want to spring it on them. Um, I have a concern in general about the rise of for pro I mean, they call not not-for-profits, but a lot, most of the charter schools that I know that are not government operated or in some cases that are really community operated are operated by large 
chains that own many charter schools. And I think that a lot of them are simply taking money out of the public school system. I have grave concerns about the fact that we are continuing to put more money into the charter schools, which people, I understand some of them are considered nonprofits, but they are, we all know there are so many ways to make profits off of nonprofits through consulting contracts and uh, have it the, the school operated by one, but leasing the building from a for-profit corporation with common ownership. I, I'm inclined because I don't want to, you know, spring this on these people that have done, you know, work towards this. But I'm going to be looking more closely in the future, and I wanted to give notice on that as to to what extent we're just going to bless the creation of more charter schools which are taking money. Again, I differentiate between those that are run by the, I don't want to call real nonprofits, but you know what I mean, the community-based groups or the municipalities. And I have no idea in this particular company case who owns these, who runs these. I know nothing about the government, about the process of these. Would you like to know? No. But, uh, I would only need to know if I'm going to vote no. Okay, which I'm probably not going to be doing unless I see a groundswell here. But I want to claim that in the future I'm going to I, I'm giving notice now to all and sundry that I'm going to have questions, and I think this board should have questions because the public school system is what's built this country, and I'm increasingly seeing it starved and its resources diverted to to charter for where. Profits are generated in private schools. Commissioner Furr, then Commissioner Udine. Thank you. Um, I am voting no on this. Um, and the reason, the reason I asked where the funds were coming from was because that is money that is coming directly from the state that is normally would be for public schools. I am seeing a, a virtual dismantling of the public education system. When I see, when I see, and I know everybody loves seeing Common Core get dropped off or cut because of no more testing. What that, what that also did was open the doors to providing funding to numerous private um, institutions that it normally would not have gone to. There's a very good, uh, I think, uh, editorial in Sun Sentinel today talking precisely about that. I don't think this is a, I, I don't like the way that, uh, what's happening. I don't like the, the direction, what's happening in Florida. And, and I don't want to be contributing to that. So I'm voting no. Commissioner Udine, followed by Commissioner Fisher. Um, if we were to vote no on this, what happens to the funding? Then they would just need to go out and s sell a regular bond and not use our tax-free ability that they're doing through the... You know, all we're, we're, we're a pastor. We're giving them the ability to do this tax-free. We're, we're approving their ability to do this tax-free. They could finance it uh, with uh, taxable instruments, yes. So since they're a for-profit, they make money, they're for-profit. We're not for-profit. The charter school that you represent is not for-profit? No, sir. Is the management company? No, sir. Okay. I am agreeing with uh, Commissioner Geller. 
Uh, I am very proud to say that we do not have a management company. I've been in charge of these schools now for over 15 years, and we do it all ourselves with our governing board and our teachers and our parents. Uh, the money that we generate through FTE funds goes directly to the students and to the teachers and to the community. So I am very proud to say that we do not take and spend any money with management companies. I do it, and my staff does it. One of the total charter schools, that was the whole philosophy. I don't believe in management companies either. What, what, what interest rate do you get to sell at since you're doing it nonprofit? What interest rate is on the bond? I'm not sure what it is right now. It hasn't been determined yet. Right. So you have to go out and sell it just like you'd sell any other tax-exempt bond versus correct. whatever you could get if it was taxable? I think so. That is correct. And just and for the record, I'm Stephen Zelkowitz. I'm with Fox Rothschild. I'm the um, attorney for the charter schools. Bond Council is not here today. Um, because they have a conflict with the county. So we're here representing the school. Um, we're requesting that you approve this. These schools have been in existence for 15 years in the city of Hollywood. They lease the property from a for-profit property owner right now. <coughs> By purchasing the property and owning it directly, they're going to be able to save money, lower their costs, and provide you know better services to the students. So all of this is to get it out of the hands of the for-profit entity and put it into the non-profit entity. Thank you. And just my last question, I know when we use our taxing authority like this in some of the other cases, the county is, is paid to do that, and then we can do with it with the money if we wanted to give, give it to an after-school program or to a non-profit. How come we don't get on this one the, the payment like we've gotten on a few of these other ones that I've seen, just because it's... I, I don't know um, if I can call up uh, Senior Assistant County Attorney Anika Ashton. Commissioner, so in this case, we are um, merely just giving the TEFRA approval pursuant to the tax code in order for them to issue taxable bond, non-taxable bonds. The local jurisdiction, which is the county, has to approve the um, approve the issuance of the bond. So we are not doing the actual issuance. CTA, the organization mentioned in the resolution is doing the issuance, and so they'll make, um, you know, they've done the diligence, and they'll make the fees involved how, in that. How does that differ from, like, the FPL ones that we did a few so minutes ago? So the FPL one, we were issuing our bonds. So we Broward County was, was issuing the bonds, and, and we, were, were, we were acting as the conduit in order for them to get the, the status. And so in that case, we, you know, we are still approving for the purposes of TEFRA because they're local, but we're then also approving for the purposes of um, being the conduit issuer. Thank you. Before I go to Commissioner Fisher, I would just want to ask our county attorney one question. By approving it, if there is litigation in the future regarding anything, can we be on the hook? Can we be made a defendant in this? Well, you can always be made a defendant uh, if people wanted to add us, but I don't believe there's any liability here at all. Uh, so we, we believe we'd prevail if we were wrongfully made a defendant. Commissioner Fisher? Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. I just want to make sure that Broward County is on the hook for any dollars here, correct? You're correct. This is more of a procedural issue, but I, yes, I didn't get the answer that Commissioner Dean was asking. I didn't hear the answer to it. Is what if we didn't approve this today? Uh, what would happen at this particular time to the charter school? They they would uh, at least based upon this item not be able to issue tax free tax exempt financing. Uh, they would have to meet their borrowing needs uh, through the regular uh, borrowing channels, and people would have to pay uh, tax on it. Uh, so theoretically, that would increase their borrowing costs, but it's for this uh, board to make that decision. 
So asking you, sir, in other words, if we didn't, that you would have to go to the open market and that would delay, obviously, your, you, the, the issuance of, of the charter school and so forth, correct? Correct. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Holness and then uh, Commissioner Geller and then Commissioner Rich. County Attorney, in, in, in my briefing, we discussed this and we talked about if this entity were to go out of business and the property was sold and profit was made, where does it go? I mean, this is, if, if they acquired the property, this would just be privately held property if they, maybe I'm not following your, your question. So, so we're using government money to, to, to fund this. So where's the funding coming from to pay for it? Because they're using the, they're using the money from the educational funds that's given per student to run the, ent yeah. the entity. So in effect, we are actually funding this uh, from public funds. Uh, but Vice Mayor, I, I, I don't, I'm not aware of anything in uh, statute or otherwise that would give us any sort of, uh, or give the state any sort of interest in the No, in no the I'm property. not asking for interest. I'm asking, and, and maybe I can get an answer from, from, from the entity. If this is sold at a later date, where does the money goes from the proceeds of the sale? So the, the Florida Charter School Act um, commissioners, um, they are getting, so you know, how charter schools work is that they get some money from the school, from the students if they charge um, a fee and then they get the state funding. Uh, pursuant to the Florida Charter Schools Act, any non-encumbered assets that they have, if they are dissolved, if something happens to the entity, then go back to the school board and to the state. So if, for instance, the school went under, um, they would, their assets, once, once they pay off the bond, so the first thing is that they'd have to pay off the bond, the bondholders. And the bondholders aren't the public, are, aren't public entities. They're just members of the public who are purchasing the bonds. And what we're getting through this TEFRA hearing is the ability to purchase those bonds and have them um, not have taxes on those bonds that are issued. Um, but if there's some, if this asset is sold when they finally own it, or um, you know, if, if they become dissolved, then it goes to the, all their assets will go to the state of Florida. Okay, that's a concern I have. So, so I appreciate you clarifying that. Yeah. Uh, the, the concern is if for some reason the funding that they're receiving, and I know they're gonna charge some fees too, but, but we're giving them the additional advantage of bonding uh, this to, to get lower interest rate, which is really all we're doing. Because if we don't, they can go out and borrow the money anyway. Uh, it would be at a higher cost. So by doing this, they probably have more funds to be able to run the, the, the institution uh, and, and probably hopefully do a better job uh, as a result of having more funding. Uh, but my concern is that since public funds are gonna be intermingled with the funds you might collect from a student, once it's sold, I want to make sure that that money goes back to the, uh, into, the, in the, into the public coffer. And that is what you're telling me, uh, Assistant Attorney. Yes? I, I mean, if it's, you're talking about in the event of, it, of in, uh, insolvency or if uh, the if, entity goes under or just a regular sale. If, if for some reason the entity ceased to exist mm -hmm. and stopped doing what it's doing now, or if it stops do, doing, being, being, a, being an educational center, and, and then the property sold. I want to make sure that those funds are then go back and going back into the public coffer. And, and I think that's what uh, Ms. Austin is saying it does. 
after after paying all uh, all, all debts, if anything if anything remains, it sounds like there's a provision there's for that profit. in the statute. Yes. Yes, but but if it's sold, if it's an operating business and it's sold, Understood. we think it would just go back to the property. Understood. Yeah. Are you done? No, no, it's if it's if it's sold, so long as they, they're a continued nonprofit that's providing the educational services, it, it it they keep the money. But if it's sold and they're not functioning as such, then the money goes back to the public coffer. That's what Ms. Aston is nodding her head telling me, and that's what she said up here earlier. May, may I call her up one more time, and maybe she can straighten it up. Thank you. That's, that's correct. Vice Mayor Holness has, uh, you know, so if they continue to operate, all their assets are still a part of the charter school, um, and they have certain responsibilities under the Florida Charter School Act about the management of their funds. As um, one of the commissioners mentioned earlier, of course, you know, if they have a management agreement or something else that requires them to pay out their payout funds, of course, they, you know, they pay their continual obligations. If they have rent, if they have bills, then they can use those mon that money for that. But right now, if they issue the bonds, right, they have outstanding bonds, and so the bonds function essentially like a mor well, the mortgage. They will have a mortgage that secures the property, and so the first thing they'll have to do if they sell the property is repay the, bond. the bonds, and then um, you know any funds that remain after that may go to the school. Okay. Commissioner Geller. Thank you. Um, my initial remarks about probably going to vote for it was because I thought I was the only person that had any questions. If I'm not the only person that has any questions, then I may need to reevaluate what I'm going to do, which means I do have questions for you, which you offered initially. Um, among the questions I have, there are just, again, in reference to the ownership, management, et cetera, you say you're, and I'll give you two or three questions and then stop and let you respond to all of them because they're all closely related. The property owner, what relationship, if any, does he have with the private school? Is he a arm's length transaction landlord or is he also the chairman of your board? Are there, tell us a little about who you are and who your board is. Are you truly a community group that has sprung up or again is this something that I know you were discussing management companies I have serious problems with the groups that I believe are taking our tax dollars and turning them into profits I'd like to hear more about your school we are we have been around a long time we do not um, have any relationship with our uh, with the owner of the property except that we pay them rent that's the only relationship we have. And the fact that we'd like to have these bonds to increase uh, the productivity of our schools, well, the rent, the way it's structured now, the lease is in 10 years, we'll be paying a lot of money. If we were able to get these bonds, it would stay steady for at least the next 30 years, which would be real nice. Uh, what we do is we, um, what was the second question? Second part? Who's your board? How did you start? How did you spring up? Is, are there people taking profits out of this? No, not at all. We only the only profits we have are salaries, which are paid to to all the the, the people eligible for salaries. Yeah. Our governing board are just community members that work with us for the last uh, five years. This governing board has been together, uh, so they not a dime, and um, that's the way it should be. We um, I have been in education in Broward County for 40 years. Uh, I started out as a teacher in Broward County, assistant principal, principal. Uh, I, when the charter school uh, the way the charter schools started 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, I jumped on it. I said, this is the way education is supposed to be. 
and uh, was very, very, um, very happy with the way charter schools have turned out. I, I don't believe in management companies. Uh, when we first took over the property here in Hollywood, there was a management company involved. Three years later, the current board then threw the management company out, and we decided to do it ourselves. So every dime goes back to my students, to my teachers, not to the governing board, and to the lease, and to just running the property. So I can assure you, not one dime goes to anyone. Now listen to the rest of the debate. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Mayor, oh, I thought you would. Okay. Mr. Rich is next. Okay. I, um, I just want to say that um, I, I'm going to support this, and no one could be more against charter management companies than I am. When I was the Democratic leader, uh, on the last day of session, we, we passed a bill to defeat the uh, takeover of uh, charter management companies of public schools. So, uh, but this is a nonprofit. We have a, a good history in our community of nonprofits. People like Pembroke Pines has a nonprofit charter school system. Um, and this is, to me, like a technicality uh, in the sense that the bonds, uh, this is how they get a better interest rate by having to come to the, uh, you know, managing government uh, in the county. And uh, I, I'll support it because they are not for profit. They don't use a charter management company, and you have a good track record. Uh, there are good charter schools and there are bad charter schools. So, but I, I will support this. And I, I, I move the uh, item. Well, Commissioner Sharif is not less in queue. Mayor, I, I wanted to um, call for the vote um, on this item. I second the item. I'm supporting it because the money will go back if there's any kind of uh, profit or, or if the entity goes out of distance. Okay, okay. I, item number 38 of a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Opposed. No. Okay, we have. Um, Show that passing in favor, 6-3 um, in favor. Three dissenting, six in favor. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Thank Mr. You. Mayor, commissioners. Thank you. If, if we could, on the item before moving on to the next one, we just should formally approve. Uh, yeah, let's close the hearing and let's just formally approve the reso. That's part B. Uh, it's probably. I'm sorry, for item number 38? I don't have a Part B. I'll make a motion to approve Part B. Okay. Oh, there is. Okay. And the resolution. Okay. So we have. Uh, it's, yes, it's 38B. So we're going to vote A and B. Uh, a was the public hearing, and B is just formally okay. approving the reso for the record. Okay. So for Part B, do I have a motion? And a I made a motion. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? I have okay. two opposed on Part B, so show it passing seven to two. Okay. okay. Thank you. And now the, uh, okay, great. Now, did you want us to close it? It's, y yes, you can close it. Okay. <laughs> I make a motion close to close the public hearing on item number 38. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Show that passing unanimously. Let's go to item number 39. Item number 39 is a motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending chapter 21 of the county administrative code relating to vendor performance reviews. I see nobody from the public wanting to speak on that. Bring it back to the dais and Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. This is my motion. This is, uh, um, I'll remind the uh, commissioners there have been a number of instances where vendors have complained about their performance being unfairly scored by county staff. This commission expressed a desire to create some appeals process. Working with the county attorney, this is that appeals process. Um, 
if a vendor is unfairly scare, scored lowly, there are very serious potential consequences which could justify debarment in the future. This process has the following components. Um, a requirement for the scorer to provide detailed facts and evidence justifying any score below a 2.6. There will also be a form, a box that can be checked to indicate on the front whether the vendor has submitted a response. Process is only available for scores below a 2.6, which, which is the threshold for scores that could lead to suspension. Challenge can be heard by either a DOA hearing officer, that would be a more formal process, or they could choose a informal, much less expensive process to be handled by the county auditor's office. And the standard of review is somewhat, but not completely deferential. It's, uh, I believe, clear and convincing. Uh, substantial uh, evidence. Uh, sub it requires substantial evidence, so it gives some deference to the county process, but not an impossible burden. And this has been circulated before to the members of the commission. Commissioner Rich? Yeah. Um, the idea I, I support, but I, I do think that when we, it says in here that it will not basically cost us money, I think it, it will, depending on how many of these we have and who chooses to use the county auditor. Uh, because time is money, and if everybody's, if the people are coming to the auditor, uh, I think uh, he might, you know, have additional uh, needs in his office. I don't know. So I just think we should watch it carefully and see what transpires and how many people actually proceed to use this and use the county uh, rather than a hearing officer. Commissioner Furr? Yes, I'm, I'm a little... Um Worried that this is, there's going to be some great inflation happening here. Um, I think that could happen by that could. because those that are doing the grading don't want to be second guessed. And I think that I think that could easily happen. Um, I'm willing to go with it today, but I think what we need to do is review this in a year and see if that has actually happened, and see what the see if there's been a change in an overall change. Um, that's I, so you could add that to the parking parking lot, a future parking lot. Um, but I do think we should, you know, go with this, but look at it for a year from now and see where we're at. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Merrill, I'll close if there's not. Please. Oh, I'm sorry, after Commissioner Holness. Vice Mayor Holness. Vice Quick Mayor. comment. We're all humans. We all have our frailties and our weaknesses and our strengths. And I think having some checks and balances is helpful. Uh, that's why I'm in support of this. Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes we may have uh, preconceived notions or we might get into some situations where we, what we might think or, or believe is not necessarily accurate. And, and there are other stuff also that can cloud our judgment at, at times. So for that reason, I'm supportive of, of, of having some checks and balances. Uh, so that folks can say, well, I was treated unfairly and there's no recourse for me uh, because I was treated unfairly. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, just to close, to respond, uh, Senator Rich had commented on the fact it could be appealed. There is a provision on the cost with the auditor. There is a provision that if the appeal is found by the auditor to be unsupported, 
by any facts or law that they could charge, they could, they're not required to, but if they find that it's a completely meritless appeal, they can tax time for the auditor up to $2,500. So hopefully people will not be filing meritless appeals because if they do, they can be hit so that the county can recover its costs. And um, Commissioner Furr, um, I agree there could be some great inflation, but remember this is only for people whose scores are so low that they would otherwise be suspended. Somebody gets a 2.6 or a 2.7, they will certainly not qualify for that contract but they will still not be able to appeal. So that's it, Mr. Mayor. You want to move it? Yes. Move it. Second. I have a motion to second for item number 39. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And, any opposed? Show that passing uh, eight, uh, what do I want me to do with Commissioner Shreve? Uh, she's here, but she's invisible. Passing unanimously. Uh, it did pass Mayor, unanimously, yeah, actually. Mayor Ray, nothing, and then uh, Commissioner Sharif can, if okay. she's listening to it, she can. Barbara. Okay, let's go on to number 40. Um, item 40 is, oh, I, yes, I knew, I, I knew she was invisible. Now she's visible. Okay, item 40 is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance pertaining to a motor carrier civil penalties and amending section 8.5-16 of the County Code of Ordinances. Um, I see no speakers from the audience. Any speakers from the audience? Seeing none, bring it back to the County Commission. This, the main focus of this is to ensure that we uh, not have folks who are not complying with our system at the airport, at the seaport, uh, unfairly hurt those who are complying. Uh, and I made some adjustments because I didn't want this to have uh, some incidental consequences where for some reason someone might have been out of compliance for a few days, maybe not even recognized, and then they get penalized for it. So that is why I made the adjustment uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the ordinance. Okay, uh, you want to, uh, Mayor, just Commissioner Fisher? Just real quick. Commissioner I just, Fisher? I just want to go on the record that the towing piece is going to come back to us as a subsequent meeting, correct? Yes. Okay, good. I just want that on the record so that comes back to us. Thank you. Move the item. Vice Mayor, you're moving the substitute that's was distributed as 40 per N2, correct? Correct. Thank you. Second. I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show item number 40 passing unanimously. Item number 41 has two parts. The first is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance pertaining, among other matters, to licensing of motor vehicle repair shops and amending section 20-176.77 of the County Code of Ordinances. Uh, do I need to vote on that county attorney first or all in one? Uh, you, you can do it all together. Okay. The second is a motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending section 40.50 of the County Administrative Code regarding, among other matters, certification dates and fees. Um, we'll take up both parts at this time. Any, seeing no members from the audience wanting to speak on that, uh, public? Second. I have a motion to second on number, item number 41. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show item 41 padding, passing unanimously. Item number 42 is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance pertaining to election campaign practices creating sections 11-66 through 11-71 of the County Code of Ordinances entitled 
ethical campaign practices and renumbering amending section 11.4. I have a uh, individual from the audience, uh, Russell, is it Seti, would like to speak? Good afternoon, Mission is Mayor. It really gratifies me, it's extremely gratifying. I turn over a copy of my statement to the clerk and the secretary so you can get a copy of it. It's extremely gratifying to see the Broward County Commission considering creating a new Article 5 within Chapter 11 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances entitled Ethical Campaign Practices. Unfortunately, after reviewing the proposed <coughs> ordinance, there are several items that concern myself and others, particularly that the candidate's pledge is voluntary and not a mandatory pledge. This proposed ordinance should be mandatory law in Broward County because it does not deny a person of their constitutional rights of freedom of speech, since it does not regulate what a candidate may say or what a candidate can print, circulate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, except that it should be true and ethical. The, this ordinance being mandatory does not interfere with free speech. It in, instead, it encourages truth in free speech and for speech, and in free speech, excuse me. Further, there are only reactive provisions in the proposed ordinance for the complaint process. For those candidates who choose to make untrue statements and other practices that are unethical and a complaint is filed. The proposed ordinance could include a proactive process in an effort to avoid elections being flooded with untrue, false, and unethical information. We have an obligation and responsibility to people of Broward County to help make sure that all candidate statements, pamphlets, and documents are truthful. Anybody who is a candidate for public office has a major fiduciary responsibilities Becoming a candidate for public office is, in effect, applying for a job that requires people to be trustworthy and mandates the highest standards of implementing their fiduciary duties and responsibilities. For example, normally a standard employment application requires that an applicant candidate sir, for a job. Sir, I need you to wrap it up. I'm normally sorry. We were allowed to give two minutes. I need you to wrap it up. Yeah, I'll be done in a second. Thank okay. you. Normally attest to the application and information they provide is truthful. It is mandatory for any applicant to provide truthful facts and information about themselves and others who they may be competing with for the job. Otherwise, if you are unethical or not <coughs> truthful, they probably would be fired when their untruthful or unethical practices are discovered. We would not need this ordinance if candidates would tell the truth and not circulate allegations that are without merit, untrue statements, etc. Hey, sir, I'm sorry, I need, them, sir, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm, Mr. I'm, Mayor, I'm, I'm, I my county seconds. attorney is telling me that we only allow two minutes, otherwise everybody's going to go over. I'm only, I, I have to go by what I'm allowed. I, I'd give you 20 minutes, but I can't do that. But uh, I think we got the gist of it. We have your statement, by the way. Everybody has your statement. Can I just paragraph asking for a continuous, Mr. Mayor? Pardon me? I'm asking for a 30-day continuance of the public hearing, Mr. Mayor. Uh, well, that will be up to my fellow commissioners if they want to defer Mayor, the item. Mayor, May I request that in my statement? It's in my statement, if you don't mind, Mr. Mayor. Pardon me? Um, okay, uh, I'll give you 10 more seconds if you could do it, sir. All right. Therefore, hereby requesting the Broward County Commission to grant a 30-day continuance regarding the, the adoption of the new Article 5 
within Chapter 11 pertaining to ethical campaign practices. Thank you in advance for your support in this extremely important effort to improve the election campaign process. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay, that's item number um, item number 42. I'll bring it back to the dais. Um, Commissioner Geller. Thank you, oh, Mr. Mayor. There, uh, Commissioner Holness has an amendment. I have an amendment. I have an update. Um, so I think we should take his amendment first, and then I'll explain what my amendment does. Okay. Do you want to be? So my my amendment uh, seek. There's there's 15 positions available. Uh, my amendment seeks to add. Uh, the uh, Haitian American uh, Lawyers Association, the Caribbean American Bar Association, TJ Reddick Bar Association, uh, and the uh, Jamaican Bar Association, all legal entities. And legal aid. Uh, and legal aid. Uh, entities that, that are familiar with the laws, rules, and regulations, and, 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 and hearings. You know, Vice Mayor, I, I got to stop you, and I'm starting to interrupt. Um, we have one more speaker card that was just given to me, and I just want to get our speakers done first. So, Mr. Manley, if you want to come uh, and you, you have your speaker card here. This is just to this item here. Thank you. I promise I won't take up too much time. Um, Elijah Manley of Fort Lauderdale, good to see you all. Good uh, afternoon now. Um, I think with this ordinance, it could be a double-edged so, sword that could be used against underdogs as well. I don't know who would be the person to decide what is truthful and what's not truthful. I myself, during the campaign, was a victim of unfair smears and attacks. Um, and at first, I wanted to support uh, this item because I thought it would be you know, <laughs> better to allow policies to be more ethical in Broward County during the campaign practices. Um, but I don't know, like, what would, what, how do we... I don't want this to be used against underdogs or other people who may not have a strong enough voice when they're running for office or someone has friends and people put friends in place and then they use their friends to uh, unfairly target people. Um, and I think that it would probably be best um, to leave this stuff up to the state or other entities that um, don't have any dog in the fight. Uh, that's the conclusion of my statement, sir. Thank you. Come on back. I'm sorry, Vice Mayor Holness. Do you want to continue? And, and also uh, speaking to uh, Mr. Main Ball from the uh, Urban League last night, she wanted to ensure that we are removing her from her entity from there, uh, from the list. And, and also, I know Ms. Bachler from Hispanic Unity didn't want to be have Hispanic Unity included, uh, also. Uh, both of them are nonprofit and, and didn't want to necessarily get in a place where uh, they could get in crossfire, so, so to speak, in the political process. Uh, and, 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 and I respect that. Uh, but those entities that, that, that I'm asking to be added again uh, are of legal backgrounds, have uh, the interests of the community at heart, and uh, are familiar with hearings and, and how to conduct them. And, 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 and laws and rules and regulations. Mr. Mayor, may, may I respond no, to that motion? Hold on, I've I, I got a cue. Yeah. Senator Rich. Well, I, I guess it speaks to this, but I, I have some concerns about three of the uh, entities that are here because I don't really understand the rationale for six, seven, and eight, um, given the, the types of organizations you've just suggested, the ones that are here. When you look at the examples of possible honorary members, 
the types of people that you would like, uh, distinguished careers, performing pro bono work, retired university people, retired journalists, prominent community leaders, and these three don't fit the, the category, I think. I mean, we, they're just kind of picked out of a hat in a way. There are many, many associations and organizations, and I don't, I just, I just don't think that uh, this is a, a, this is a representative uh, you know, group that uh, that these people are should be a part of. Uh, I mean, you're talking about League of Women Voters, NAACP, you know, the Broward County Bar Association, whatever. I, so I, I would like to suggest that you know maybe maybe these can be put in place of these to make this not larger than it originally was. Um, because I just I just you know don't see the rationale for, for, for these particular associations to be selected that represent you know I mean they're wonderful organizations marine industries so forth but it's it's kind of not part of what you usually see as uh, an eth ethical campaign practices committee. Commissioner Zeller, stop. Okay, um, Mr. Mayor, let me first address Commissioner Honus's remarks and. Senator Rich. Uh, Commissioner Honus, first, we, with, I don't think we can put legal aid on because we fund them. And so w one of the things that we've been doing is avoiding, that's why we couldn't put the alliance on. Or, so I would respectfully request that we at, at least initially eliminate legal aid. Um, in response to the, the rest of what you're saying and also what Senator Rich has been bringing up, we're trying to make sure it's not all just lawyers. We want community groups as well also. And, you know, we also want to avoid the appearance that we're only putting on more liberal or democratic affiliated groups, which is why I reached out to the business community and asked for groups that don't, aren't funded by the county. That's why it can't be the alliance or the workshop. We can't do the chambers because it can't be any group or the realtors, because they endorse. So have to be groups that don't endorse and that aren't funded by us. And that's how, well, that's how we came up with uh, South Florida Manufacturers, Marine Industries, and South Florida Aviation Maintenance. These are recommendations from the business community trying to appear balanced. I certainly have absolutely no problem with the TJ Reddick Bar Association being on. I'm hoping, because I don't want it to be just lawyers, if Commissioner Honus, I'm hoping that you could, between the Haitian Lawyers, Caribbean Bar, and Jamaican Bar, pick one of, of those. And so let maybe if Caribbean Bar sounds like it's more of an umbrella group, and uh, let me read you, the four groups that have thus far said yes are League of Women Voters, Broward County Bar, Nova Southeastern University, College of Law, Marine Industries Association. Four have tentatively said yes, expressed interest, but said they need a vote. Those votes are all occurring this week of their membership. Those are the South Florida Manufacturers Association, South Florida Aviation Maintenance Council, the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith, and the Broward Coalition, which is a group of homeowners and condominium associations uh, in Broward County. Urban League said no. We have not received answers yet from Broward Hispanic Bar Association or NAACP, we've been unable to get any answer at all from those, which is one of the reasons that the way that it's being amended is as long as we have five of the groups, they can add and come back to us for other groups. So Commissioner Honus, I would hope that you'd be willing to amend your motion to just add the TJ Raddock and possibly the Caribbean Bar, if you're willing to. 
I'm, 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 I'm willing to amend and remove uh, the legal aid. Yeah, and, they have to be. And I think the other four entities already said yes. Am I correct? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, or Assistant uh, Attorney Ashton, Senior Assistant Attorney Ashton, is uh, they have not in the formative yet. I was told they have. No, we. I, I, I believe we vetted everyone that was uh, part of an amendment or part of the main. Right. Uh, and I, have they all said uh, that they'd be willing to to do it? They, they're willing to do it. That's correct. So, so I will take. Okay. Uh, let, let me let me let me say this. The Haitian Lawyers Association uh, definitely need to be in the the the, the uh, T.J. Reddick Bar, of course. Uh, in terms of the Jamaican or, or, or the Caribbean Bar, if we have one of those, I think we, we, we'll have balance. Uh, so, okay, you pick which one. I, I would say the Caribbean Bar Association because they're pretty broad. Also, uh, that gives you okay. uh, three. Uh, additional ones. Okay, Mr. Mayor, I would accept as a friendly amendment uh, Vice Mayor Honus's amendment to add the Haitian Lawyers, the uh, Haitian Lawyer Association, the T.J. Reddick, and I believe you said the Caribbean Bar, or the Jamaica. I didn't hear which of them you said. So let me tell you what. Let me yeah. let me. We keep the four. Uh, if I can't get the vote, fine. But let's keep the four there. There's no reason why they can't be there, uh, because as okay. it is right now. We only have probably nine that is confirmed. Right. Uh, so you still have six positions, Actually, even that, with the ones that I have. Uh, that indicated. would be 12, but that, that, that I'm you okay with that. You still have three positions that's, not, that's still open. So yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Barrow, I, I'd like to accept Commissioner Honus's yes. uh, amendment as a friendly amendment. Okay. The amendment is to add those organizations. Okay. Mayor, um, and, is it okay to put, put myself in queue, please? Sure. Thanks. Okay. And it, if, so to get back to, are we on my amendment now? Yes. Okay. My amendment, accepting his amendment, um, my amendment does two things. Number one, it removes the urban league since they've already said no. It clarifies that if the committee has a minimum of five members, which they do, that they can uh, alter their membership. Again, any alteration of their membership must come back to the county commission for approval, but they can recommend that. And it clarifies that when you have these groups that are nominating, they have to nominate one of their own members. They can't nominate someone that's not a member of the group because the question that I, I forget when the gentleman in the audience said is, how do we know they're being fair? Well, that's why we're trying to pick reputable groups with a good reputation uh, that I think will have the confidence of the community. So that's what my amendment does. Again, the three things, removes Urban League, clarifies that they must be members, and says that they can make recommendations, but again, have to come back to this board for membership. So I, I hope I'd like to move my amendment, please. Okay, so well, Commissioner Sharif's in queue. Uh, I'd like to... Mine's brief. I just wanted to say to my colleague, I appreciate his efforts in trying to do this, but you know my position has been the same all along, which is that I'm not sure that this group is going to be able to move the needle in terms of the elections and all of the nastiness that's going on. So I'm, I'm going to be a no, but I'm also saying to you, 
I respect the fact that you put this forward. I think it's a valiant effort, but I'm a no, okay? Thank, Thank you, you ma'am. It's aspirational. I'm, I need to interrupt. We need a motion to extend this meeting. A motion, wait, the motion would be extend until we are completed with the um, agenda. With the agenda. Okay. We could always stop it, right? So I'd rather, so. Okay. This side's up to you. Do, you, do, you, do you guys want to come back? We, we have a do lot it? left, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay, because we've got people here waiting that's been waiting here also. We've got, we've got a lot left. Okay. okay. Well, I'm gonna, the motion is. Yeah. Why don't you extend till the end of the agenda? And if, if any item drags on, you could always recess it at that. Right. At that so, motion to extend to the end of the agenda. Do I have a second? Second. second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No. Okay, continue. Okay, so I moved my amendment, Mr. Mayor. So we have two, County Attorney, we have two friendly amendments? It's, I, I think, yes, yeah, that's now part of Senator Geller's uh, amendment. So right. he accepted my yes. amendment, right. so right. it's now his amendment also. Okay. Right. Second that. Uh, okay, anybody else to speak on this? Item number 42, do I have a motion? M move the amendment, Mr. Mayor. Okay, second. I have a motion to second. All in favor? Uh, Aye. Any opposed? Okay. okay. Show item 42. Uh, no, no, that was on the amendment. Right, on the, right. and now show after that. Show item 42 amendment passing 8 to 1. Seven, 7 to 2, I believe. 7 to 2, I'm sorry, 7 to 2. Okay, right, and now I'd like to move the uh, motion, item number 42, as amended. Second. Okay, I'll, I have a motion and second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? No. I've got 1, 2, 3, show it passing 6 to 3. And it might not do much, but it's an attempt to do something. Okay. Item number 43. Item number 43 is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance amending sections 26-102 of the County Code of Ordinances regarding the living wage health care benefit amount. Um, I have one speaker from the public, um, Sandra Smith. Come on down. Is this the same thing we voted on last week? Good morning, everyone. Um, Honorable Mayor, Vice Mayor, I want to say good morning to each and every one of you. Um, first of all, I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you to each and every one of you for what you've been doing for us airport workers um, in giving us a raise and putting your best foot forward to give us the insurance. So I want to say thank you for myself and each and every one of my co-workers who are here and who is not present at the moment. But I'm going to just take a quick minute to use myself as an example that the insurance is very important to us because um, for me, I, I was sick in the hospital. I was in a coma, and I still have an hospital <coughs> bill of $100,000 right now that I'm still struggling to pay. Two Sundays back, um, I actually was facing the same situation that I faced um, the time that I was in the hospital through going through the a coma. Um, and I was in the hospital for two days with um, breathing mass. The pump alone that I have to use, um, walk around with, is actually $85. Um, so I'm asking you guys, and I'm thanking you also, to please let us have the insurance. So I want to say thank you again for what you've been doing, and thank you for what you're still going to do for us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you guys want to spend three hours uh, discussing this as we've been doing it again? So moved. We had, a mo I had someone moving it. Do I have a second? Second. Wait a minute. I have, I have a oh, statement to make, and oh, I Mr. ask Shree? the Thank you. Thank you. 
So um, as we went along in this process, I asked a question and I asked if there was any problems in applying this to contracts that do not expire prior to 2021 and also if there was a problem with contracts that existed that had uh, automatic renewals. The answer I was given before was that there wasn't a problem because we had a termination for convenience clause. And speaking with the county attorney, I found out differently. And so I just needed to bring that up right now because I, I, I'd asked that question and I would like our county attorney to answer that question, please. You're, you're correct, uh, Commissioner Sharif. There would be a problem, in my opinion, applying this to uh, contracts that preceded uh, enactment of this ordinance. The, the reason why we don't have uh, quite as much concern as we did uh, for the wage uh, portion is that there's uh, quite a bit of time before this kicks into effect for us to try to work things out. But if it, it turned out that we could not get this worked out with all of our contracts, uh, that's something that I would be advising you on and perhaps asking for uh, some sort of modification to make sure that we're not in any sort of legal jeopardy. Okay, and so because um, this was the same question that I asked in regard to the living wage, and I also asked this question on HCD, I, don't, I do not want to be shown as a sponsor, and I also would like to be um, shown as voting no. And so that's my statement. Thank okay. you. Okay. Do I have a motion? There's a motion in the second. second. I move to okay. debate it for three hours. Yeah. All in favor? Uh, aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show that show that passing stop. Show that passing uh, in the affirmative. Uh, eight to one passing. Okay, let's go to item number forty-four. Item forty-four has three parts. First, I need a motion and a second to open the meeting as the governing board of the Water so Control District Number Two. I have a I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that we are open for business. Um, next, is there a motion to approve reappointment of Ms. Belinda Spivey? So moved. And, and a, well, hold on. An appointment of Mr. Richard St. Eloy to the Water Control District Number 2 Advisory Board for the term stated in the printed agenda item. Do I have a, a motion and a second? Motion. Move it. Second. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. <laughs> Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously. Finally, is there a motion second to close this long meeting of the Governing Board of Water Control? I have a motion and I have a second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Show it passing unanimously. We're now going to the regular agenda and we're going to start with item number 52. Item number 52. I didn't miss it. Item number 52. Mr. Mayor. Yes. You have a delegation. I'm, I'm aware of okay. what I have. Um, we're going to item number 52. And item number 52 um, is a two-part motion. Part A is a motion to authorize the county administrator to execute a lease agreement subject to the approval of the... Do I need to read this? No. Okay. We got number 52, a motion to authorize. Do, uh, I, do I need to take it in separate wait, parts? Wait, do I have a substitute? Yes, you can, you can do them both together. And Senator Geller uh, submitted as uh, item 52 additional material a substitute motion. Uh, yes, Senator. Okay, this has to do with uh, Commissioner Furr's um, uh, motion. Yep. Try, trying to squeeze some money. <laughs> I am a little bit. And, and, I, right. and, I, and, and I apologize that we didn't have a chance to do this during the budget process. And normally I, I would say that's the better way to do that. I understand that. I also understand that's that we have contingency funds for this, this purpose. Take it away. Okay. Um, over the last, this is a, you know, part of a, a bigger 
picture a bigger process. Over the last couple of years, we've been trying to raise the standards on pre-K, early child care. Two years ago, we actually added a, a, uh, a uh, question on all of our child care licensing. When we, as For those who don't know, we are in charge of all child care licensing, as opposed to most other counties in the, in the state, DCF runs it. We put our own little question in there, trying to find out how well prepared and how what kind of degrees are the child care teachers that are that are taking care of our kids where where they were at over 60 percent of them do not even have a cda that means most of the people that are taking care of the child care of the child care centers not not the directors but the actual teachers have less of a degree or have less training than most of the people that are doing cosmetology in our in our county that's a that's a sad fact and so what we're trying to do is trying to make sure that everywhere, any way we can, that we can establish, that we can bring up those standards. By having the art educators, um, there, there's been a pilot project going over for the last year and a half or two years in the Broward County School Districts using art and bringing artists in to teach teachers how to uh, integrate art into the, uh, into the curriculum, how to make it more interesting, how to, how to connect better, all those different ways. The, the um, effectiveness has been significant. It's, been, it's, show, it's showing that it is making a, co a connection. And what, we're, what we have to do is we have to connect with those kids in every different way we possibly can. Unfortunately, this year, almost 5,000 kids won't graduate and, and will be dropping out. That's how, that's how and, and we know that those kids are, for the most part, the ones that were not at grade level at third grade. We already know that. We know that in the United States, people start, many states start to determine how many prisons they're going to have based on third grade reading levels. We are seeing in Broward County over the last four years a very significant rise because of a lot of things we're doing. We created the Gulfstream um, Professional Development Center. That is, that is, that's where this is going to take place. La at the last um, meeting, we, are, we partnered with them. We can't do this on our own. There's no way we can do this on our own. But we absolutely need to be a partner. We need to be a partner with the Broward County School System, with the banks that are helping, with the Early Learning Coalition, with the Children's Services Association, all the above, and make this happen. Um, so I am asking for the, this uh, lease to be uh, taken care of, as well as the educators. The reason the educators are important there is because that is where all the training is going to be taking place for all of the child care teachers in that area. They are going to be able to integrate that art education there on the spot with the with Broward College, who is also a partner there. So I think this I think this makes a lot of sense. I know we have Lori Canning here, I think, way back there, and Grace Kuhl, Kuhl and uh, Janet Ehrlich, um, and Leslie Fordham. Uh, all I think everybody's there. I don't know if you all wanted to add anything to this. I think let's see where this goes first, because I think everybody's trying to get out of here. But um, I believe your amendment is is trying to. Um, Sh shorten it, right. and, 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 and let me speak to that for one second. I don't think that part's a good idea. And, 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 and for the reason is, I think this is going to take a little while to ramp up, um, and I'd, I'd rather see this uh, go for the, the time period that it is and then evaluate it. Um, it's already been a pilot project for two years, like I said. It is, it is showing significant results. I think it can show more results. We want to be a part of that, whether you're looking at this as economic development or if you're looking at this as um, crime reduction or you're looking at it as a social service, whatever you're looking at it is, this is a small investment compared to 
what, what is being looked at. The return on investment for this kind of money is looked at as between 13 to 1 and 17 to 1. You don't get a better bang for the buck than investing in kids on this, on this level. So why, why short circuit that? I wouldn't do that. And so, Commissioner Geller, I tried to short circuit Mr. Mayor. that. <laughs> Commissioner. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, you may recall, I'm a process guy. You may remember when everybody was trying to get TDT money and we passed something that said you have to apply and go through the process. I agree that this is a worthwhile project. It, I am concerned that every one of us will come in with a worthwhile process. However, since I agree with Commissioner Furr on most issues, what I have done, he's asking for money for three years instead of going through the process. I'm trying to work with him and come up with a compromise and say, we will fund it for the remainder of this year, and then next year it should go into the budget process if it's something that, can, um, it's absolutely a worthwhile program, but we have you know, money here versus for homelessness versus for affordable housing versus for social services versus for uh, training at community colleges. But I'm trying to work with them. So I'm saying my amendment would be, say, fund it this year and then put it into the budget process for the next two years. If we're able to fund it, that's okay. If we're not, we should not be doing this because if we do this, all of us are going to come up with programs for our pet projects, but I'm trying to help by saying let's do it for the remainder of this year. That's what my amendment says. This year only, not for three years. Uh, Commissioner Ryan? My comments are a little bit similar to um, what Commissioner Geller has spoken to. Uh, when budget time comes around, um, there's a number of, of community organizations that approach county commissioners, and they ask for funding for programs, and uh, that's understandable. Uh, I believe the process has been that we would go ahead and have these groups first speak with uh, whatever division of the county would be applicable to their program, see if they can get into that budget, whether it's the cultural division, health and human services, any other area. Uh, if that uh, does not work, then it comes before the county commission and program after program is evaluated during that window when we're discussing the budget. If members are able to bring forth uh, proposals, and, and I mean meritorious as they are, if you're able to bring them at any time, then um, I think it puts a lot of pressure on the members that um, any group that wants to have something done in their community comes to the members and then a commissioner brings it forth. Uh, I uh, can't support it because of that reason. And I'm also concerned, and, and perhaps to the county administrator, you can explain to me, on this item 52A with regard to the lease, it's a lease agreement for three years, and then it speaks to um, and allowing the county administrator to have amendments and renewals of the agreement. It doesn't even come back to the county commission. Is that recurring funding? So, yes, this would be recurring funding. And I believe that that language was to, in the event there, sometimes there are minor um, issues that come up during the, the lease process that are 
they don't affect financially, but they could um, create an operational issue, and this just allows us to. Uh, All right, well, that would be amendments, that. but renewals are not just like you know some small issue that comes forward. So to me, it, it, it reads as recurring funding. It's recurring. So, so based upon, and and I I believe what Commissioner Fur says. I, I've heard this many times that when we do funding for these type of art and cultural programs, uh, the the dollars that we spend are are a benefit to the community in so many different ways, social services and keeping kids out of jail and the rest of it, that multiplies over and over. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that we have to have some um, uh, certainty in our processes here. And so with that, I'm not going to support the item. Vice Mayor Holness? Yes. Th this is something that uh, will lends to certainty that there's continuation uh, to make it for a shorter period. Uh, probably won't, w definitely won't do that. I think the cause is good enough, it's just enough, it's important enough for a community, for us to do this. Uh, I don't think we ought to be straight-jacketed in, into, into not being able to bring uh, something as deserving uh, as this forward and, and, and for it to be voted on. We can all vote yes or no. Uh, I think that what this brings and the benefits that it brings uh, to Broward County, not just short term, but long term, because in the long run, we want to make sure that all our children are, are as productive as they can be. I am I'm going to support this with you, uh, Commissioner Farrell, you. because I, I think this is, this is important. It is important enough for us to be able to uh, allow for $72,000. Right. Uh, it, it, is, it is not a whole lot of money. No. It, is, it, is, it is a minor amount of money out of this $5 billion budget that we have uh, for us to be able to make this allowance. I, I see, you know, it's not like we're asking for $700,000. We're asking for a small amount of money, uh, and, and, and we can afford it. And we ought to invest it and make the right investment. Too often, we wait until we get to the other side where it costs us a whole lot more for us to invest, $160-something per night for someone to be in jail. Here's, here's a good place for us to make an early investment that will benefit our community for the long run. Okay. Yes, Commissioner Sharif? Uh, I agree. Commissioner Furr, um, I know that this is um, out of the ordinary to bring it afterwards, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I am guilty of doing so myself <coughs> because when I see a um, worthwhile project, I bring it before this board because we have the option to do that. And I do, I like the term that Vice Mayor Holness used, straightjacketed, because that's what I feel like every time we bring up an item and somebody tells me I don't have the authority to do something or that I have to kick it back to somebody else. That's why we're the Board of County Commissioners, and that's why our charter allows for it. So I'm going to support this item today, and I'll support you in this. Thank you. Commissioner Fisher. Uh, Mayor, thank you. Um, going back to what uh, Commissioner Geller was talking about, was funding this year and then going to the budget year, I believe the item deals with a three-year lease. Is that correct? Okay. So there, there's if we, a three-year lease. There's a number of three-year lease. Are you asking me? Continue. I'm, I'm looking at legal. Somebody can Sorry, tell me on the motion. Hey. <laughs> Drew is talking to you. Sorry. Uh, he, he, 
for the balance. My amendment would be for the balance of this year with the option to extend. So you make the correction of the three-year issue in your in your amendment. You're, you're saying, yeah. if you look at line at A and B, about six lines down, it says, um, with a upon the date of execution, continuing through September 30th, 2019, right. with an option to extend the term for a total lease agreement of three years. So my amendment funds it for this year and then sends it to the budget process for the remaining two years. So that seems very reasonable to me. I want to support the item, obviously, because I think what Vice Mayor talked about and, and Dr. Shreve talked about, but at the same time, I want to make sure that the funding is there for other items that we deal with when we come to the budget. I, this will be my first year at dealing with the budget. So um, all right. have you made the motion on your amendment yet? Yes. Uh, I, I, Mr. Mayor, I. I made the, I spoke, I offered my motion. I guess there hasn't been a second if you want to second it. I definitely will go and second that. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. I'm amending his motion, uh, his item. Yes, sir. Okay. Can I just one, one question? Um, hold on, hold on. I, I, I got a, a cue. Commissioner Rich, did you? And then Michael. Um, it, it kind of pains me. I mean, <laughs> because I've spent pretty much my adult life working on these very issues, and I support this, but I had a serious problem with the process, with not going through the process. Um, I share that with Senator Geller. Um, I feel that his amendment actually gives us the opportunity to do both, to do this for the year, and then put it through the regular process where I would totally support it. But I just don't think it's right to come through and get a three-year program out of the, 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 the line of the whole process that we have established for ourselves. And there are emergencies, and I understand that. I don't feel that I'm in a straitjacket here. I feel that we can do this for this year, and I, I think it's an excellent compromise. So I'm going to support Senator Geller's compromise. Commissioner Udine. The, only thing, the one thing that I wanted to confirm. so. Would it be possible for the, on, on the amended motion, subsection A, I think we should give them the certainty of telling them it's going to be three years. So if we could pass subsection A and then subsection B, use Senator Geller's motion. So they have the lease for three years. This isn't all the money that they're going to get. We're going to pay them through the end of this year, and then we can put the next two years in the budget process. I don't want to, I don't want to put them in a straitjacket where they only have six months left on a lease. So I think if he would split his motion where... A is the way it originally is, where it's a three-year lease that they pay for, and the dollars that we're going to give them under subsection B is following Senator Geller's amendment, which is one year, and then for the balance of the two years it goes in the process, which I'm sure it's going to pass because I'm sure everybody would support it. So are you seeking to amend the amendment? I'm looking to amend the amended motion to take A as originally brought to us and B in Senator Geller's motion. Okay. Is there a second to that? Okay, so we're sticking, sticking with uh, Senator Geller's amended motion, Vice Mayor Holness. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's $24,000 per year. For three years. 72000 over three years. $24,000. Are we arguing about investing that for children? Come on. We can do better than that. I, I can't support anything other than what's here.
because it doesn't make sense not to. It is too small amount of money for us to be spending this time arguing about it when we have children that needs to be helped. Okay, with, with that, uh, let's, we're going to first take a vote on the amended motion. Is that correct? Yes, if you could just consider it a substitute motion, it would. Uh, it's because it's in full, but you can it can resolve the issue. So if that passes, we, we will stop voting. If it doesn't pass, we're going to come back to the original um, yes, motion Mayor. set forth by Commissioner Fur. Yes, Mayor. Okay, so for Commissioner Geller's motion, um, do I have a, are you going to move it? Yes, Ms. Mayor, I, I just wanted to move this point out. It's not 24, it's 24 plus 40 a year. Right, okay, so uh, if this passes, I will be able to, if my amendment passes, I'll be able to support it. If my amendment fails, I will be against the thing. So uh, let's vote. Just, just to be clear, we're considering this to be a substitute, right. a full amendment and replace basically. So if this passes, we're this would be the only vote on the item. Correct. Okay, so I have a motion for the amendment and, I, and there's a second. Okay, all in favor of Senator Geller's motion? Aye. I got one, two, three, four. Okay. 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 Motion to approve. The item as stated. So, so now we're going to come back to the original. Right. So we have motion. Right. So you want to move your motion? Motion to approve. Okay. We have a Commis second. Commissioner Mayor, may I just ask? I mean, uh, Commissioner Ryan did point something out in, in Part A about renewal. It's already a three-year term and authorizing administrative uh, renewal. Would that renewal part come out? Is that uh, it stays in? Okay. It's, it's just three years, and then it could be renewed beyond that the way that it's written. And we can evaluate it. Okay. Okay, so now we're left with the original motion. I've got a, a motion, and I've got a second. Okay. All in favor of the original motion, why don't you raise your hands? Aye. Okay, we got it passed. Uh, and any any of those opposed? Great. Okay, show it passing six to three. Thank you. And um, and we're moving on. Let's go to item number forty. Fifty. Here. Hold on one second. What item was that? We're going to delegation item number forty-six. Mr. Manley. Yeah, of course. Good afternoon, Elijah Manley. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioner. So it's been a while since I spoke before you. Um, four years since I started speaking before you. I was half the size I am now. Um, and I do applaud all of your efforts, uh, progressive efforts, uh, especially what you're doing for the airport workers. Um, but I'm here today to talk about something I don't agree with. Um, and that was uh, your decision to condemn Airbnb for removing its listings in a widely known illegal Israeli settlements in the West Bank and Gaza. As Americans, we cherish our rights to free speech and to express ourselves. We also cherish our right to boycott, divest, and sanction apartheid regimes. Uh, as a black American uh, and white Americans, we stood up to defeat racist Jim Crow laws. One of those Americans were my grandmother, Vera Manley, who lived through sharecropping and segregation. She lived a long life, long enough to tell me the horrors of the racist Jim Crow era and sharecropping. And as descendants of slaves, I stand against all forms of apartheid, whether it be here in the United States and Saudi Arabia, Russia, or the occupied territories of Palestine. I disagree with the decision to condemn Airbnb, which is a service, as we know, that provides low-cost housing opportunities for the millions of tourists who come here every year, whom also invest billions of dollars into our economic growth. According to the United Nations, which I had the privilege to serve as a youth delegate recently, and I provided you all uh, the additional information of that study, um, the population of Gaza is 1.6 million, with over 50% of the population under 18, 
38% of Gazans live in extreme poverty, 54% of Gazans uh, are food insecure, and over 75% are aid recipients. 50 to 80 million liters of partially treated sewage are dumped in the sea every day. According to the United Nations, the Gaza blockade through land, air, and sea is a denial of basic human rights and contravention of international law and amounts to collective punishment. Israel's lack of respect for international humanitarian law, according to the UN, has uh, continued to result in civilian casualties. Uh, so in the face of condemnation, I commend Airbnb for taking a stand, for standing with the United Nations and the rest of the world and saying no to apartheid. Thank you and have a nice day. Okay, moving along. Uh, we are item number 53. That's me again. No, hold on. I, I just want to make sure, um, Monica, do you want me to read the names out to see if those people are still here? Sure, why don't you read them? Yeah, we're going to move on 53 in one second. These are public speakers, yeah, speaker cards. Gloria Congdon. Is Gloria here? Gloria Condon? She left. And Lucky okay. Congdon. Lucky Condon. And Joseph Mickey and Alex Brown. Any of you here? Okay, that takes care of those speakers. Let's go on to 53. Item number 53 is a motion to direct Office of County Attorney to draft an ordinance establishing apprenticeship programs. Senator Geller, take it away. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, as everybody knows, we've been working uh, to try and create high-paid jobs in Broward County, um, particularly in the skilled trades. We have an amazing lack of people in that area. The shortage of skilled trade workers could result in delays in construction. These are well-paid jobs. Uh, I've been working with the Labor's District Council and the uh, South Florida Building and Construction Trades Council to craft this ordinance, which is similar to that done in other uh, governments, to require that where the county is acting in its proprietary capacity, meaning where we are the ones letting contracts, that there be a requirement to use a certain number of apprentices. What this does is this sets forth standards for apprenticeships. Um, and again, we're not requiring that they be AFL-CIO, although that's my preference, but there's a lot of certified apprenticeships that are done by the trade schools, by ABC, by others. What we're trying to do is prevent a group from a uh, carpenter from saying, well, this is my son and he's my apprentice because he's not really learning the skills that we're going to need. What we have done is we have only applied this to contracts, county contracts over $2 million. And we have also eliminated SB, was it, Drew, was it SBE or or all SBE and DBE? It, it, would, it would be at a minimum SBE you've, you've okay. spoken about. We have program. eliminated SBE programs because those small programs that may only have one or two employees may not be able to do the apprenticeships. But so if you are a larger contractor and you're bidding on a large contract, you would have to use certified apprenticeships. We've had multiple meetings with the county attorney and with the representatives of the different groups. And so this is a motion to direct the county to create certified apprenticeship program. Got it. Uh, Vice Mayor Holness? Yes. Thank you for bringing this, uh, Commissioner Geller. And I stand with you on this and, and ask that I be added 
is a co-sponsor of this. Delighted. I think it's something that's uh, definitely needed in our community. Uh, there, there are many who needs that skill set development. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and oftentimes in communities that have high employment, high poverty, and other issues, I think this can be a vehicle to help uh, within those communities. And hopefully that once we get this underway, we can uh, target those communities especially uh, to ensure that we're, we're, we're building that bridge to employment for those folks who oftentimes are unemployed. Absolutely. Are you done? No, 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 no. I, I'd also like to uh, co you know, be added as a co-sponsor to it. Appreciate it. Uh, so if you could show me as a co-sponsor on this as well. Okay. Um, I'll move it. Second. second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? I'll uh, show uh, passing unanimously 7-0. Uh, let's go to item number 57. Item number 57 is a motion to discuss the county's contractual dealings with Citco Petroleum Corporation, which is a majority owned by a corporation owned by the Venezuelan government to ensure that the county resources are not used mm -hmm. to worsen or prolong the political and humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. Mr. Mayor, that's me again. But bear in mind, this is going to be my last meeting. I'm going to be here for a while. So I was trying to put everything on this agenda. Promise? Promise. Okay. <laughs> um, Mr. Mayor, uh, we've all been watching with horror what's been happening in Venezuela, where the illegitimate Maduro regime uh, is, has been using violence to prevent, uh, prevent aid and other things from getting into their people, and normally I don't think that we should be dealing with foreign policy unless it's something that has a direct impact on us. CITGO has a contract at Port Everglades. Since this was added, I don't know if you're aware, but, and I'm not sure the county is aware, but last Thursday or Friday, the Guido government, which is recognized by the federal government, has replaced the board of directors of CITGO. So you now have competing boards of directors, one from the Guido government, one from the Maduro government. And I just want to make sure this is not taking any action. This is directing um, the, or actually what I'd like to do is direct the county attorney to make sure that we are A, in compliance, federal government has issued sets of sanctions, and I want to make sure that we here in Broward are complying with those sanctions. Secondly, I want to make sure that we are dealing with, where you have two competing groups, each claiming to be CITGO, which is a group that we, are, we have a contract with. I want to make sure that the county attorney is, has determined that we're dealing with the group that's recognized by the United States government, which is the Guido government. And finally, to ensure, though in this case they're paying us, we're not paying them, but I want to make sure that we are not doing anything that would be improper or that would in any way be indirectly strengthening the illegitimate Maduro regime. So it's just directing the county attorney to make sure that we're in compliance with all of these issues. Yeah, I just, just to note, um, CITCO provides one of two pipelines, to my understanding, to fund, uh, to fuel uh, our, our planes. And so I think it's, you've got to be very careful in what we're, we're doing. But. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, should we send? I, I know I'd like to to amend. Uh, sorry, I'd like to amend uh, your motion that we send our county attorney to Venezuela. As long as, long as there's there's no date in particular. That, that yes, sir. Yes. Um, Mr. Mayor, I'll be happy to answer any question, but it's just directing the okay. county attorney to okay. make sure. Sure. We're uh, do I have a mo uh, does somebody want to move it and second it? Move it. Second. So, so my my concern is this. Like the the uh, vice mayor, like the mayor, is, is that we don't disrupt the commerce here uh, that we, that we have, and, and and there's a deeper concern that oftentimes when we get involved with these conflicts that the people who really suffer most from actions on both sides are really the people at the bottom. So, so, so we have sanctions that we put in place, but who's the sanction really punishing even further? The folks who already don't have, because those flow of funding and, and, and capital that would go to ensure that they're okay. Nope. Nope. I mean, I'm not supportive of Maduro and his tactics and what he's done. I think we ought to be working diligently to find a solution that is peaceful, that calls for uh, new elections in a timely manner, uh, and that those elections be con conducted in a free and fair manner uh, with international uh, monitors to ensure that's done right. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's difficult for us to get in uh, considering the importance of uh, our port and the commerce in Broward County. Uh, I hate for us to get into to a situation where we, we, we get ourselves deeper in. Not that I'm not supportive of ensuring or following the rules and laws that are, are set, but we have to be careful that we're not hurting ourselves and further hurting the poorest people in, 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 in Venezuela. Anybody else? Okay. Pardon me? To close. Sure. But Mr. Mayor, I, I actually agree with a lot of what the Vice Mayor said, but we have to do, if you have two governments, or each claiming to be CITGO, and we have a contract with CITGO, we better have our county attorney make sure that what we are doing is dealing with whoever, the appropriate one, as recognized by the federal government. We are not taking any precipitous actions. We're asking the county attorney to ensure we're doing everything legally correctly in this very unusual set of circumstances and further to report back to make sure that we're not doing anything to inadvertently help the Maduro regime, but we're not doing directions. We're just asking him to investigate. It's Thank a you, harmless Mayor. due diligence Mayor. request. Right. Okay. We got a motion. We got a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Show of passing eight to zero. Um, uh, through the mayor, uh, to the clerk, would you show me voting in the affirmative on item 53? Show you voting in the firm on item number 53? Okay. One second. We're just about done here. Okay. Item 58 is a motion to authorize county administrator to designate to execute an amendment to the purchase sale agreement between Broward County Florida Aquatic Nurseries. Um, someone move that? You're not recognized. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, just a question to the county attorney. Um, we're going to get an extension for the due diligence, but the county does not have to pay any additional money uh, for this extension. 
I, I do not believe there's been any request for that, but if we were not going to get an extension under terms acceptable to us that would also ex extend our deadline to terminate, then I think this, this motion also authorizes Ms. Henry to terminate. There. Yes, the, the, our, termination, our termination date is um, March the 5th. Um, we wanted to reach out to the uh, property owners today to make sure that um, we have a little bit more time to work with the town of Davie. Um, as you've seen in a previous document that they um, have not expressed support um, at this point in time. And I believe that there's some more work that we can do uh, with the town to be able to um, come up with um, some alternatives for the site that we believe um, we are going to need um, prospectively in the future. Right. And I understand that, but you, you want to verify or validate that that um, the property can be used for our intended use, and, and we've discussed uh, what uses we were looking at there. Correct. Uh, but it's your understanding that um, once this is, this is passed, you're not going to have to pay any additional funds in order to get this I, extension I, on the uh, due diligence period. At this point, I don't know, and I don't. It, it's not my intent to offer more money. Um, but I wanted to make sure that the board was comfortable with me reaching out and um, asking that question. And, and, and we would draft something, and uh, Irma Qureshi is here. We would uh, extend, try to extend any deadlines that would require us to, to put anything else down. Uh, we understand the board doesn't want us to pay any fee uh, in order to extend this. And I, I think it's the county administrator's intention not to pay any fee. And, and just to reiterate, we, we didn't, this item is actually on again for March, March 5th, 5th. And we didn't want to wait just, just in case something happened because that is our termination date. Uh, so no, the intention would be not to pay any fee, just to extend it to see if this is a viable deal. All right, I move the item. Hold on, hold on. Commissioner Fisher. Yeah, uh, Ms. Henry, as I, as I review the item, you're not stating how many more days you need to extend. You need another 90, 120. What are you looking for as far as additional due diligence? So I would try to get as much time from the seller as I possibly can because it's really um, one of those where we're going to have to spend some time working with the town um, on this issue. Uh, when the staff made a, a presentation to the town, they talked about um, uh, a couple of alternatives, both of which are priorities of this board. And there, um, there's just some work to, um, to be done. So if I could get 60 days, great. Uh, 90 days would be wonderful. But so a I just lot didn't of know what you were looking for. It says just says for an extension, but it doesn't give us any timeline what you're looking for. I w I'm, my goal is to try to get as, uh, as long of, a, of an extension as I possibly can without any additional compensation. There wasn't any intent to put money on the table. It was just to see if the seller would give us more time to work with the town. Understand. And try to get as much time as we could. Okay, thank you. Sure, Commissioner Udine. Without opening up a whole bowl of worms here, I just want to add one thing. Can't we just tell Florida Aquatic Nurseries, the seller there, that we want our entire deal contingent upon us getting the entitlements that we need from the town of Davie? Well, we could try Can that. Can we add that as an option to give you the authority to do that? That's okay. the best way. I mean, that's it, okay. it puts all, they may not go for it, but in the in the business world, many times they do that if there's a piece that's a difficult sale. I mean, what at the end of the day, we can ask for 180 days. If it takes half a year to get or, or a year to get the entitlements, we're going to be in the same place. But many times, 
if you have a difficult parcel to sell and there's one, only one buyer, that could be on there. So I, I, I'd amend that to include that as a possible option. Yeah, but Mayor, do we actually know exactly what we want to do with the property? So the That's the key. I mean, I understand getting the entitlements, but do we actually know exactly what we want to do with it? Yeah, so when we presented to the board, we uh, we placed on the record the two um, issues that we have um, we've consistently talked about. One was um, uh, the potential for the siting of a of a government facility, and we talked about the supervisor of elections, and and we have not concluded that review, but it's probably not sufficient in size, and so we presented to the town a, a, a transit-oriented development whereby, um, as you, you've heard, that there's been a request a number of times for a park and ride and some housing units with some commercial on the bottom in that, in that area. So um, those are the two that are consistent with um, board goals. But going back to what Commissioner Udine talked about is if you want to get an apartment, you've got to pick one. You you, you, you got to ride one horse or the other. You can't ride both at the, at, if you're trying to get entitlements to it. That's all the point I'm trying to make. Thank you, Mayor. I got you. Well, I can. We I'm, I apologize. We can probably resolve this supervisor of elections um, issue um, within a week or so. Okay, Commissioner Ryan. All right. So um, what Commissioner Udine is speaking to is uh, on the entitlements. It's it's a two-step process on the contract. So. We're in the due diligence period now, so we could we could if if actually what we're looking at is is actually you know due diligence I think is is more like you know you're looking at the condition of the land and, and subsurface conditions things such as that and uh, you know perhaps your ingress egress. What I I think the the more complicated issue is is there's after a due diligence period frequently in commercial contracts there's a development approval period. And that could be nine months, 12 months, something like that. So, you know, you can see how far we can go with the, with the town of Davie town council. But at the same time, you might have to pay something as a non-refundable deposit towards purchase price, you know, and not add to the purchase price. And, and to give us that time for the developmental approval because a TOD, uh, uh, is, is more complicated, and I could see where that's going to take longer period of time to get the development approval. So I'm just putting that out as a suggestion in your negotiations. But I move the item. Okay. We have an item 58 has been moved and second. Um, all in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Show that passing unanimously 8 to 0. I think that, call, that finishes our regular agenda. And now we're just going to go to um, start with the mayor's report. Uh, Bertha, I just wanted to ask you quickly uh, any answer on that question from and the courtroom issue that you said we might have done by today's meeting. Do you want me to come back to you? I said by the end of, the by the end of this meeting, or I no, would circle back with meeting. you. Um, uh, we, I had a brief, we had a brief conversation with him, and we know that what the what the number is. Now we're working on a timeline. The actual timeline, because All right, I'll talk again. to you later. I'll, I'll talk to you later, uh, okay. Mr. Melton. Any uh, any uh, luck on the audit on that small business that we talked about that they were being kind of cheated by the uh, prime? Uh, yes, sir. You sure all actually have a memo in your mailboxes now. Uh, but basically, uh, the cost issue is basically fine. But we've noticed some other issues that we want to look into also 
but you all should have memos in your inbox. Because Sandy found that they were being shortchanged a little. Did you find that? Uh, it's uh, about a half a percent, as I recall, and the prime does have plans to make that up. Okay. Okay. Let's go around the dais. Uh, well, um, you want me to start with the county? Start with the county administrator. Yes, just briefly, um, uh, we are. It's it's time for the bus rodeo again. Um, it's scheduled for April the sixth. Scheduled for April sixth. So we. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. March third for for this weekend, and then the state competition in April sixth. I jumped to April sixth because we always make it to the state. So what's going on? What's what's going on? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, county auditor. Nothing, Nothing. County attorney. Nothing, sir. Good. All right. Um, let's start with uh, Commissioner Fisher. Just real quick, Mayor. Just, just real quick, Mayor. Just wanted to. Um, one of our residents in Pompano Beach uh, turned 104, and we celebrated her birthday, Elsie Charleston, and um, it was just, just a great event. I've been with her since she turned 100. So every year we go back. And she's just as spry as 100. She is 104. Just wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Thank Great. you, Mayor. All right, Senator Rich. Okay, thank you. Um, just a couple of things I want to say. I had the privilege of um, visiting uh, our newest um, uh, respite daycare center. Uh, it's um, the uh, Dr. Greer, Hope South Florida. Just opened it up this week. And uh, I went, and um, families are already there. This one is it's worked, it's working with the uh, uh, Business Partnership for the Homeless, and they are actually funding it. Um, and maybe we'll find some money to help fund them. I, I think I might put that on the next agenda. Um, anyway, uh, th this, uh, uh, it's, it's really very exciting. They have uh, kind of everything there. It's like um, <coughs> um, um, case managers and... Uh, um, uh, real estate people who are working on getting apartments and uh, and the um, uh, wonderful uh, little play, play area for children. So uh, it was launched really just a few days ago, as I said, and um, it's going to serve parents with uh, dependent children in Broward County that meet the HUD definition of homeless. Um, that was part of when we removed the encampment. We needed certain things, and respite centers, day respite centers were one of them. Uh, Salvation Army will be doing the singles, and I um, hope South Florida is doing the families. There's a reading library with books and magazines and computers with Internet access and cable television, and so the families have access to a lot of things that they need. And then I just want to mention, um, and I have some official duck adoption papers here. If anybody would like one, I'll give them to you. But March 9th, Kids in Distress has its annual Duck Fest Derby. <coughs> 35,000 rubber ducks will be uh, floating down the New River in Fort Lauderdale's Esplanade Park. Does that violate and EPA standards? Or is that going to be doing into our environment? Rubber ducks. <laughs> Not live ones, right? Um, and, of course, all the money goes to... Um, this wonderful agency, Kids in Distress, for it's prevention outrageous. of child abuse and strengthening of families and treatment of abused and neglected children. So um, uh, I invite everybody to come down. And if you buy uh, ducks or a, even a duck, you can even win maybe a $10,000 grand prize, which I hope you would give back to Kids in Distress. <laughs> Commissioner Sharif, pass. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Sharif. Vice Mayor Holness. 
Take your time. Four minutes. Yes. Four minutes, please. <laughs> Four minutes. Okay. <laughs> I guess you guys are betting, huh? Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? This year marks 400 years of the first African being enslaved in this country. It is Black History Month. It's the last meeting that we'll have of this month. Uh, so in 1619, uh, 20 Africans were brought to British colony in Jamestown, starting slavery in this, in this country. And it's spread throughout the world, of course. Uh, there's an estimate that of there were about 7 million blacks that were enslaved, brought into this country as slaves during the 18th century alone. And even with that, blacks from the beginning fought for and helped to build this country. In fact, one of the first of five people to die in the American Revolution was Crispus Addicts. And over 5,000 blacks fought alongside fought in the Revolutionary War with the North. So in 1862, President Lincoln wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. It wasn't delivered until January 1st, 1863. It took quite a bit of while for folks in the South to know they were free also. And hence, uh, there's a Juneteenth celebration because that's how long it took to get to many places. Though that in Emancipation Proclamation was written, that really didn't free all the slaves because that only applied to uh, the territories in the South where there were at war. The 13th Amendment uh, adopted December 18, 1865, officially abolished slavery. But we know that even after that, there were still some serious challenges for folks to get their full uh, freedom. The 15th Amendment uh, was ratified in 1870, and it prohibits states from denying a male citizen the right to vote based on race, color, or previous condition of servitude. And I know the ladies are saying, well, that didn't apply to us. Uh, of course, the uh, women's suffrage didn't happen until 1920. Uh, we still have today the issue of folks having full rights to vote. Uh, in many places, it's suppressed. Even though we had the Voting Rights, rights Act of 1965 signed into law by President Lyndon Johnson. Now, of course, we also had the 1968 uh, Housing Discrimination uh, Civil Rights Act that was passed. And everybody says we've overcome when Barack Obama was elected in 2008. But we know that there's still significant issues that face us as a nation. Last night we had a celebration of Black History Month to brought black elected officials. And I want to thank all those who participated and supported us in that event. Uh, we had about 300 people in attendance at the Urban League building. Uh, including many of our, our leaders, uh, uh, I must say multi-ethnic, multi-racial, 
uh, participation was there. Uh, we honored many of our current leaders. Uh, Mr. Greg Hale from Broward College was given the Shining Star Award. I think he's doing a great deal to, to move Broward College forward, uh, and, and we think he's gonna be an exemplary leader. We also honored Steve Keat, I need to say his name right, Connick from uh, City Furniture, uh, someone who's really stood tall in supporting the effort to empower people in this community. That it's, 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 a, it's a great organization that has inclusive uh, leadership and, and is intent in helping out those who have often been left behind. Uh, we honored, he was, the, he was given the award of Corporate Citizen of the Year, uh, and I encourage people to support City Furniture. Uh, I, oh, we're doing commercials now. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you have good corporations and people who are really doing what's needed to build a community, we ought to reward them uh, by supporting them. Uh, we also honored Congressman Alcee Hastings, Supervisor of Elections, Brenda Snipes, Dr. Hayward Benson, uh, Bobby Grace from uh, Dania, correct? Uh, Commissioner Aston Knight from Southwest Ranches, former Senator Matt Meadows, and someone who sat here on this commission before I did, uh, Commissioner Sylvia Potier from Deer Deerfield Beach, and uh, also S Commissioner uh, and State Representative Gwen Clark Reed. We discussed many issues that we still see as disparities in our community that we really as a whole need to address. Not just some of us, but all of us need to look at that. When we look at the economic situation, black medium household is 42,000. Uh, whites at 74,000. That's a huge gap that's there that we need to look at and see how we can build and strengthen the entire community. Black unemployment rate, though we are less than 3% today, is still at about 8%. Black youth unemployment is still very high, about 40%. Uh, we have so many other disparities that exist in our community that we need to work on. And with that, we went through our uh, broad black action plan, how we move that com the community forward uh, to ensure that we have some uh, sense of parity and, and the disparity that exists in our community. And I know that uh, I, took, I took more time than you thought I would. But, but it's important that we really recognize and pay attention to the needs of our community as a whole. Thank you. I'd like to make a motion that we future limit uh, county commissioners' time to speak. Uh, county attorney, can we do that? We can't do that. I, this is outrageous. I think when you're done, well, you should go to Commissioner Dean's office and you can you can educate him more. Commissioner Fur. Thank you. Real quick, uh, first I want to thank the County Attorney's office for the appeal that you put into the. Um, yeah, for the, to the first district, right? Um, obviously, we had a had a lot of organizations had a press conference out in the Everglades, and it's happy. Ha I know you were happy that the Department of Environment 
appealed with you, and I, I'm glad to see Governor DeSantis has done the same thing. So I think that's, uh, I know a lot of people are happy to see that we're, we're fighting that. So thank you, you guys did a great job on that. Very good. Um, this, uh, on March 2nd, is gonna be a Broward County waterway cleanup, all the waterways throughout the uh, Broward County. If you wanna know exactly where, go onto the website, waterwaycleanup.org. I'd like to add the EV infrastructure to the parking garage, if I could. Can I'll do you, it later. I'll, I'll can send you just it to do you. that with my office? I can do that later. I can do that. It's not a sunshine. Okay, right. Oh, I can. So I can do that. Okay. Um, it's, I know it seems kind of hard to hard to believe, but the class of 2032 will soon be making its way into the Broward County Schools. The countdown to kindergarten event is going to be at Parker Playhouse on at March 9th, 10 a.m. This is when all the uh, pre-K students and their parents come. And then finally, uh, as we remember the lives that we lost in the tragedy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, I want to give a big thank you to all the students at my, al at my alma mater, South Broward, who got together and helped the Hickson family um, organize the first annual Chris Hickson 5K run, which raised thousands of dollars uh, and will be put towards a good cause uh, of offering scholarships to students in need. And that's all. Thank you. Mr. Ryan. I yield my time to Vice Mayor Holness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will be in Tallahassee for most of the uh, legislative session. I will be working closely with Marty Cassini. I can't discuss with any of you anything that we'll, I'll be dis doing there, but we want to talk with Marty, uh, you know, on if there, when there are any particular issues that the county um, will be working on. I've already arranged to be speaking on a number of items there. And I would like to talk to you about what we talked earlier on the funding for the uh, courthouse and getting our money back. I will be happy to discuss anything with you at a publicly noticed meeting uh, like <laughs> now. Otherwise, if you want to chat with Mr. Cassini, I'm happy to. Okay. You're bad. You're really bad. Commissioner yeah. Dean. Very quickly. Um, I just want to say, and a bit of good news, the school board of Broward County has put the purchase order in for 1,500 radios for the school bus system. So that is starting to happen, and we at least see solid proof that they're on their timeline to do this in the summer to transition off of our radio system. Um, I, Commissioner Furr mentioned South Broward High, what they did. Thank you to all the different places throughout the county that recognize February 14th. And I'm just reiterating to the board again, if you have some time, drive up to Sample Road, check out the Temple of Time. You'll be glad you did. It it'll take you 10 minutes. It's really worth seeing what they've built up there and what they're going to burn down in May. And it's, it's very moving. They don't have the date yet, but you'll under a lot of people said, why are they burning it down? But when you get there, you'll, you'll, you'll understand it. Um, uh, I, I, was with, I saw the mayor yesterday. He did an excellent job at the Urban Land Institute yesterday afternoon. Um, and I don't mention it to say that he did an excellent job, but he did happen to do an excellent job. But they're doing great things now in Broward as far as what we have coming down the pipeline uh, as some of the new projects that are coming in. And I think the theme from the day yesterday was Broward is really about to take its its spot in the we're centrally located from South Beach and from Palm Beach and if there's ever a time that Broward is going to kind of cross over that threshold this is it and we're seeing a lot of uh, companies move down here we're seeing a lot of hotels being built we're seeing a lot of you know urban core properties that are coming into the area so it's an exciting time and <clears throat> lastly 
thanks to Kim, our PIO. Uh, I'm going to be going to Rise of the Rest, and that's in Miami. It follows along something that Commissioner Geller had brought, we had the workshop on. Rise of the Rest and Revolution is startup hedge fund VC places. They're coming to Miami. They're making a whole tour in Florida. I'll be there in Miami. When we talk about incubators and funding companies outside of Silicon Valley, that's what this group specializes in doing. They're going all over the country to find the next places where they're going to start funding startups um, and starting to fund tech companies. And they're specifically making a stop in Miami. They're just doing it in Miami, but it covers a 100-mile radius, which covers Broward County. We figured out a way to mooch myself in there, so I'll be there. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's great stuff. I think that the NSU incubator idea that we talked about in the workshop is so forward-thinking that it's something that we should be all over. Those are my comments. This meeting is adjourned.